Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. to it welcome to another episode of the lonely heart sports podcast on today's episode aaron judge and albert pujols are both chasing history in their own in their own fashion uh i went to sabers fan fest over the weekend i'll talk about that and what i'm looking forward to with what with the hockey season as we as training camp begins today but we begin today with talking about looking ahead into week three of the nfl season talking about what happened in week two jake our teams are two and oh i can't believe i'm saying this but the buffalo bills and the new york giants are both two and oh i mean obviously the bills were expected to be two the bills were most likely expected to be two and oh running the gauntlet at this point but nobody but I, I can't bullshit you and say that i was expecting the giants to be two and oh like i i would have been happy with one and one like beating Carolina, losing to Tennessee, I mainly expected like zero and two. Like I, I won't be, I won't, I won't deny it. Like I, I didn't expect this, but hey, I'm taking it in full stride. I'm enjoy. I, I like what the boys are doing down in down there in East Rutherford. Brian Dabble's got got something going for for a good start there. Um, but let's begin with you. Let's begin with your team. I mean, the, the bills are firing on all cylinders. They're running the gauntlet practically on the rest of the league. Uh, they week one, we know they went into LA home of the defending Super Bowl champions and just kicked the shit out of them. Then week two, Monday night football, they played the AF the uh, number one seed in the AFC last season in the Tennessee Titans. They held Derrick Henry to only 25 yards rushing and Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, you know, they three touchdowns, three touchdowns between the two of them. Allen had four in total. The offense just fired on all cylinders and the game got so out of hand. The backups played the entire fourth quarter. What's your take on it? What's your take on your team? My guy, how, how are you feeling right now? I mean, it's hard not to be anything but ecstatic about this team right now. I mean, you go in, like you said, kick the season off against the defending Super Bowl champions, go into their house and just punch them right in the mouth on the first drive of the game, uh, kind of leaving off right where we kind of left against Kansas City the last time the offense touched the ball, I should say, um, going down, driving, scoring right away, not punting in the first game. Um, then going in, uh, tennis going coming back home to play Tennessee, a team we have struggled against the last two years that we've known. Uh, two years ago, they kicked the shit out of us on that weird COVID game when the whole schedule got turned around. I think it was like a Tuesday game, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And then last year, Tennessee, we go down there again. Josh Allen slips on fourth and goal, and we end up losing that game because of a slip. And now we come in and absolutely just – 
really dominate, put up 24 points in the third quarter against the Titans. It's like this team, the only thing that can bring this team down right now is injuries, and it's not looking good for the Bills right now Um, in, in the injury in the, the injury, injury part of things, it's, yeah, that's something we have the last really three, two or three seasons. Now, like that's something the Bills have been very, very lucky not to like be a part of, like with all a bunch of injuries to the team. And now we got a lot of them coming out this past week. I mean, we have Ed Oliver, who's still going to be questionable for next week. Gabe um, Davis. Gabe Davis is still going to be questionable for next week. And now you got um. <clears throat> Excuse me, Matt Milano getting his thing right at the end of the game. He should be fine. Um, Mike Hyde going down with the neck injury. Uh, Dane Jackson taking off on the stretchers. Like the list goes on and on with this team. Unfortunately, right now, I saw Jordan Poyer was also on the uh, injury report this uh, this afternoon too. So, so you're second. So, like you got like a lot of first team like defensive players like on like on the injury report or well or on the report stating that they didn't practice or were limited to practice today. I mean, granted, it was only a walkthrough, but, like, looking at the injury report, like, coming off of that win Monday night, it, I don't want to say it's any cause of concern because the league – like, the Bills are deep in their position. Yeah, I was just going to say the thing is, though, like, even though we did go down with injuries, it's like we still dominated that game. Well, you, you have a deep roster, so, like... Yeah, it's not, it's not like we didn't miss a beat. Like, and people forget, too, we're still missing our true number one corner um, in when, Trey White, who yeah, will be, be back to at least, I would assume, after the bye week. Um, yeah, he'll be coming back sometime after the bye week, I feel like, too. But, yeah, I mean, no, like you said, the injuries are really the only thing, like, as a cause of concern. As a cause of concern. But as, also, right now, like, it's there's really no major injuries. I mean... Thankfully, Dane Jackson, like he had that huge scare when he had the uh, friendly fire hit uh, sustained uh, when he collided with Trey, uh, Tremaine Edmonds in the game on Monday night. But the good news is there was like when he was taking the ECMC, like he had feelings in his lower extremities. He was able to move and he got released from ECMC the next day. So I should think it was that night he walked out. That night, really? Yeah, it was that night he walked out and went home. Oh, see, okay. So I I saw Tuesday morning. Yeah, I mean, it was it was scary to see, but thankfully, um, on the field you could see him moving right away. So like, yes, it was scary, but thankfully it wasn't a situation when we had what was it, like two thousand five, um, with who was it, um, two thousand seven with Kevin Everett. Yeah, saying two thousand week one opening week one. one opening game against Denver. I know I knew exactly like where you that was going. the first thing my mind went to when I saw that. But then I saw him move. I'm like, all right, he's he's fine. That's that was just the main concern. Is just like, out, like taking the football player outside of it just to see him be able to move. That's all, especially with how that hit did look. Um, so that's good to hear. Just I, I don't even care about the football stats or side of when he comes back. It's just nice to see that he was able to uh, move and he was at um and that he's back home and doing okay I don't know when he'll be back to football activities I know today he was a non-participant in practice I don't know if he was there or not I'm like watching the practice I didn't see anything on that but that's all you can ask for is him being okay exactly that's really it there I mean going back to the team aspect though I mean like the city's got to be – the city is buzzing for sure. Like, overall, like, the city, the area, like, they, like the the fan base is on cloud nine practically after week two. Well, it's I hard mean, not to be when you have all this 
you go into the season with the Bills really not having won anything yet. We haven't made it to a Super Bowl this team and yet being like the by far Super Bowl favorites for everybody and to come in and do what we did, only giving up two touchdowns through two games so far and one field goal. Um, this defense looks like they're back to where they're at, and they did it against, I would say, two, at least one good offense. I don't want to call the Titans a good offense anymore because of – The Titans are frauds. They're not a yeah, good – they're not a good offense. Uh, the Rams, I mean, Cooper Cup did what he did, but, I mean, everyone else was irrelevant that game. This defense looks like they're just back to where they were at, and like I said, that's still missing Trey White. Um, the offense still looks just as explosive as they were last year. I mean, Josh Allen and um, and Stephon Diggs just lit, lit up the Titans secondary. I mean, I get the Titans secondary is young, and they, they are kind of injured missing, I believe, their number one corner. But, I mean, he showed up when we were missing our number two receiver. And now yeah. we got a big test this week against the Dolphins, um, against – Dolphins team that I think looks better than most people expected, but I'll get into that a little later because I have my thoughts on that. Oh, I have my thoughts on that. Yeah, game. I wish that I was against Baltimore. I have my thoughts on the Dolphins overall there, but uh, yeah, this yeah. like seeing this team like this makes me want to be back in Buffalo just to see how the city is right now. Because down city, here, like I don't have any of that. <laughs> I mean, the city is. I mean, like me being in Roch, like it's not the same as being out in Buffalo because like. I always say that Raj always tries to feed off of Buffalo, whether it's the whether it's the Bills or the Sabers or anything like associated with Buffalo, because Rochester really doesn't have, uh, yeah, they really don't have the city doesn't really have a true identity. Like I, I sound terrible to say that, but like I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna proclaim that I'm not wrong here because I just don't give a fuck. Um, uh, but no, like. Honestly, like it, it's probably a damn good time to be in the sit, like in the city of Buffalo and in Western New York in general, because, like I said, the fan base is on cloud nine. The team is just dominating on all fronts of on all fronts of the ball. The, they've got the, they've got the deepest squad in the National Football League, even with the injuries and like their backups are still quality backups. Their point differential is plus fifty five, <laughs> the second best point differential in the league is 30 points below them. And that's because the Kansas city chiefs only, only won by three points against the Los Angeles chargers uh, last Thursday, last Thursday night. Um, But no, when you really think about it, I mean, like they week two, like after week two, I know I always say like, it's a week to week league and everything. But at this point, like if you had to ask me Buffalo or the field to win the Super Bowl, like it's Buffalo by a long shot. It's just a matter of like who in the field they beat to get to the Super Bowl. Whether it's not whether it's be whether it's beating Kansas City in the AFC Championship or divisional round, and whether or not it's them beating uh, Tampa or Philly or whoever on the NFC side on the NFC side of things to win the Lombardi trophy. But like, that's just how I feel. I, the only thing that upsets me about the bills is that they don't allow me to win my bets. <laughs> I was three. We were three yards short of winning our bet. Our bet. All, all Isaiah McKenzie needed to do was get one more, at least one more catch, one more catch, four more yards. We would have been good, but no, let's just put the backups in for the entire fourth quarter. It's all good. there. I mean, I I understand why putting the backups in, but like I, I would have thought, like keep the offense out there for one more drive and just keep running up that score against the Italians. I was really hoping for a fifty burger, um, but it is what it, it was weird though because like most of the time, like you'll see backups in the NFL games. Most NFL games come in with about like 
maybe six minutes left in the game, but he played the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. It was for the Titans. It was embarrassing. Ryan Tannehill looked like he never played quarterback before in his life. Ryan Tannehill looked like Ryan Tannehill when he came into the league for first year with Miami. Um, and then, like, when did Malik Will? When did Malik Will uh, Willis come into the game again? Like, um, he came in. I think the la- their last drive of the third quarter. Last drive of third quarter. I mean, the game was so out of hand. I ended up going out with a friend of mine to watch the game. We went. Uh, I think I told you this. We went to a bar to go watch the game. Uh, just grab some grub and have, and have a couple drinks here and there. Uh, but game got so out. The game got so out of hand, like, we just ended up leaving, like, towards the end of the third quarter. I mean, it didn't help that, like, with it being a Monday night, even though the game started at 7.15, like, the game was going on and on and on because of all the of the refs just being completely stupid. But, um... <laughs> and the Bills weren't even, like... They weren't even trying to use the clock. They were forcing Tennessee to try to run some clock out because Buffalo just got up until like they just kept going and going and going. They were never running the clock until the backups came out. Exactly. They were never running. Exactly. The entire fourth quarter, they just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. I mean, I, I, I mean, that was really it there. Like, like there's nothing wrong with that. But like I said, like I said, the game, the game was over at halftime when you really think about it. I mean, it didn't matter like what the score was like. Tennessee just what Tennessee was really just no match like from opening kickoff honestly. Yeah, they scored on their first drive and then that was really it. That was all they did. But... That's when the Titans lost was when they kicked off opening kickoff because they decided to give the ball to the Buffalo Bills and just let Josh Allen march down the field. And it's like and, and honestly it's like watching the new it's it's kind of like watching the New England Patriots, like in the heart of their dynasty, like in the heart of their dynasty, like with Brady and them. And them. Why the fuck are you giving that? Why the fuck are you giving them the ball to start off with? You're gonna be down point. You're gonna be down three nothing or seven nothing to begin the game. You fucking idiots. And you knew the game was out of hand as well when Ken Dorsey drew up a a fullback wheel route for Reggie Gilliam. He was bringing out everything. Fullback touchdown, like, that was fucking it. I mean, fullback touchdown, I mean, uh, fullback wheel route, it, like, you know, it's insanity. I mean, they're just pulling out. I I feel like they were toying with Tennessee at the, at, like, from the get-go, honestly. Right off the get-go, I really feel like that. Well, and, I mean, you had Jake Kumro, who was typically just a part of our special teams as a gunner. He kind of took kind of took that Gabe Davis, but I would say wasn't as, like, effective as Woody, but he still had two catches for 50 yards. Yeah, exactly. I should have bet Jay Kumaro over uh, over yards there. I, I probably would have won. Right. I mean, everyone like on the offense really looked good. I mean, Jamison Crowder, I know, only had one reception this week. But in week one, Jamison Crowder really showed up for us as well. It's like that, that was a huge pickup in the spot of Cole Beasley. Um, I get him and McKenzie are kind of splitting the snaps in that uh, slot receiver role. But it yeah, is crazy no. to see. No, it really is. I mean, it really is there. I mean, hey, they're undefeated for a reason. They're Super Bowl favorites for a reason. The city of Buffalo and the whole and all of Western New York is practically buzzing. I mean, you guys have a mat. You guys have a matchup against the Miami Dolphins coming up this week. Battle of undefeated teams. Winner takes sole possession of uh, first place in the AFC East. Uh, big match. I'll be there pissing off Dolphins fans. <laughs> you lucky fuck you. I'll be watching from home. It's gonna be like. 60 and rainy on Sunday. I ain't going anywhere. I, have I haven't even checked the weather from Miami yet. 
I am not going anywhere. If, yeah, well, the only re- I am not going anywhere. I just take a look at the weather for the weekends all the time, just to see like what, just to see like what's there to do if I want to do anything. But this weekend is blah. I'm not doing anything. I'm just gonna relax. Um, it's supposed to be lightning. It looks like lightning storms are in the in the forecast for Sunday with a high of 86. So it's cooling down here in Florida. Oh, it's cooling down, and you're also getting lightning storms. Very, very interesting. That's perfect football weather, honestly. All right. It's hurricane season. You got to do Exactly. <laughs> this could be a monsoon at kickoff, probably. I'm fine with that. That would be you can play. Josh Allen can whip that ball through the rain, and I would love to see Tua try to do that. <laughs> I would not because that means my fan I would not because that means my wide my fancy wide receivers are not getting anything done and I am losing my fantasy matchup. <laughs> yeah, my fan my fantasy this week was not pretty. Uh, I I had both I have both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, so uh I ended up winning my matchup comfortably. Lucky you. I had Hill in a league and still lost. Oh, that's not ideal. That's not ideal there. Nope. Uh, <laughs> that, no, that, but, no, but no, yeah, let's um, we can kind of switch out the bills because I mean, we kind of talked about much as we can about them. Like, m- the media has really just kind of like said everything the, as well. Like, if the you, media like, said everything, the bills are finally the media darlings, too. Let's take let's switch it to the opponents of this week. The Dolphins 2 and 0 coming off of coming off a comeback win against the Baltimore Ravens after being down 21 points in the fourth quarter. Tyreek Hill had. Two t- Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns, one for 48 yards and one for 60 yards. Jalen Waddle also had two touchdowns. Tua had six touchdowns overall. And the sad thing about this entire game is that Lamar Jackson had a great game himself, just in a losing effort, uh, because the defense just completely forgot to show up for Baltimore in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, like, was that more like that game there? More about the Dolphins? And their resiliency coming back to win, or more about the Ravens and their defense completely shitting the bed, and and as a sign of things to come for them in the north and, and for the rest of the season in the AFC North. Um, so this isn't me trying to be a biased Bills fan at all, but I, I, that is more on the Ravens defense. I mean, they gave up 28 points in the fourth quarter. Um, yes, Tua. I'm not taking anything away from Tua. Tua had a great game. It also helps when you have two of the fastest receivers in the league that can just. Literally, you could pick apart defenses for that reason, especially defenses like the Baltimore Ravens, who aren't good, and they showed it. They had so many coverage breakdowns. They they seemed like they were lost on defense, no communication. I mean, that one touchdown from Tyree Kill just left them in single coverage. The safety never drops over to help, and you're leaving their corner to go one-on-one with Hill down the field, and Hill's going to win that 10 times out of 10. Maybe exactly. dropping the ball once. Exactly. The 60-yard touchdown pass. I mean, he kind of just like zoomed past the he kind of, he just zoomed past them. And then all right. of a sudden all, like, two, all two had to do was just throw the ball up there because Hill's gonna go get it. You can overthrow Hill by 20, 30 yards. He'll probably still get that ball. Exactly. And then he just throws up the deuces and he's in the end zone and all and Miami practically had momentum from there. No, this I, game. I, I wanna say though, like for Tua, like this next coming week against the Bills. We'll show more about the what the Dolphins have in their quarterback rather than last week did because last week, let's be honest, Baltimore dominated that game from basically they dominated the game for three the quarters. first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter they just kind of forgot that a game ha- was happening and they shit the bed. And that and the th- and and the thing is there too is like 
I, I'm going to blame more on the defense than I am on the offense, honestly, because you're up 21 points. Like the offense has been there for all, has been there for you all day. Your quarterback ran for a 75 plus yard touchdown and threw for a 75 plus yard touchdown. You're, you had a kick return for a touchdown, a hundred over a hundred yards on the opening kickoff. You were practically dominating from literally dominating from opening kickoff. And then your defense just completely capitulates and shits the bed. And yes, you can say like it was based on, yes, they have injuries. Yeah, they've got some new guys and everything. But the thing is, though, too, is like, I'm going to point out this. They they also have a new defensive coordinator who like they're still learning a defensive scheme because, because it doesn't help that their, old, their former defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, left to go to another team that's undefeated right now in the New York Giants. I... Wait, what was that? Baltimore's defensive coordinator left at the at the end of last season. Oh yes, he's now a, he's now the Giants' defensive coordinator. Yeah. Wink Martindale, Wink Martindale's like system, like it, like he's not like his system isn't being implemented on the defensive side anymore, like it has been for years. I mean, it probably still is in a way, but like you have a new defensive, you have a new defensive coordinator where players have to adapt and adjust to. And that's like going to show that like they can't close out. That just goes to show that like with the system, they can't close out a game. Yeah. And this, none of this blame goes on Lamar Jackson or the offense, because like you said, Lamar Jackson had a fantastic game. You can take the offense itself had a fantastic game. Exactly. I mean, like you, everything was lining up for Baltimore. All they had to do was not blow this game. They opened up the game with a kick return for a touchdown. Um, they scored 21 in the second. Um, they tied both. Or they tied the Dolphins in the third quarter, just both putting up a touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter just happened. It's like the Ravens' defense just seemed like they wanted to get on that bus and leave as soon as they could for some reason. They thought the game was over at the third quarter, but they didn't realize they had a fourth quarter to play. And then he let Tua go pick you apart because, let's be honest, Tua was not having like a great game up until that fourth quarter. That's no, where he was- got all of his yards. That's where he got everything. And it's like, well, how did you just let that happen? How'd you let that happen? Exactly. Like you just let it fucking capitulate in front of your eyes, honestly. Like, and that's what I think, like, and I think honestly, like that's going to hurt Baltimore. Like, like it's a momentum shifter. I mean, the thing is though, is like, yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore's still going to be like a pretty decent team in the AFC. But the thing is though, a loss like that, like, it can kill you psychologically and momentum-wise. I mean, well, like, thankfully for the Dolphins, though, every single team in the AFC North lost. You mean the Ravens? Or the Ravens? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, every yeah, exactly the yeah, exactly the Steelers lost. The Steelers lost to the Patriots. The Browns ended up blowing it against the Jets in the final two minutes, and the Bengals ended up losing to the Dak Prescottless uh, Dallas Cowboys. Cooper Rush, baby. But no, you're right. It's like, thankfully, like this loss, like now you can look back at it. If you're the Ravens, say this didn't kill our season probably because everything else helped you out in the North. So it's like, yes, the Ravens still do have a good team. They just need to get people back from injuries and they have been unlucky the last two years now, injury wise. And it's like, they need to just figure out their shit on defense because from the looks of it, they can get it done. The Ravens can get it done on offense, even though I'm not going to lie. The, the Ravens offense wasn't great against the Jets on week one, but it's like 
the Jets just are the Jets. They're not good, so it's like, does you have to be mediocre? And that's what I think that Ravens offense was. So I'm kind of in the middle of where I'm going to sit on the Ravens right now because of just what had happened. To exactly. The because, like, that fourth quarter, like, kills everything for me. Because if they go and just win that game against the Dolphins and the offense looks how it is, like, okay, that's probably the Ravens division now because no one else in that division looks capable of playing football. It's Every team in that division looks like shit. Every it's still probably the Ravens division in the north. I mean, the Steelers at some point are going to have to switch to Kenny Pickett because Trubisky can't get it done. Trubisky can't get it done. He he can't get it done. The Browns are the Browns. Uh, like blowing it to the Jets in the final two minutes just goes to show that the Browns like still fucking suck. Um, How much and- do you put that on? Do you think Nick Chubb like? thinks about going down there at all or do you think he thinks about getting in the end zone like clearly like yeah hindsight's twenty twenty. he should have went down and just ran out the game but yeah i mean hindsight is twenty twenty there but the thing is though is like you don't give up 14 points you don't blow a lead like that in the final two minutes of the game right and how many times do we see hindsight's kicks work nowadays anyways as well <laughs> You don't see it all happen. Like, it's like a 0.01% chance. Honestly. Right. But, no, I am still with you. This is definitely the Ravens division still to lose, in my opinion, just because. And the Bengals suck, too. Joe Burrow has no protection. And it's like last year we saw him have no protection as well, but he would all, him and Jamar Chase would just always hook up all the time. And we're not seeing that this much this year. Um, It seems like, I don't know if Joe Burrow can't find his reads quick enough or what it is because, like, it looked like, like, the Bengals supposedly upgraded at offensive line this year, and it doesn't look like they have. No, it um, does. But I'm it's like now think- Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow like, aren't hooking up like they did last year. Yes, I get like Jamar Chase is still having a fine season, but you're 0-2, and you don't look anything like you did last year. No, you don't. You look like you did the season before where you were shitting the bed uh, before. And even like the – and you look like the Bengals of the last like five years, like – completely dog shit before you drafted burrow so the bungles are back i mean you know like they're they're not the bengals they're the bungles like week two for them like i i am i am kind of concerned for them because like they're the reigning afc champions like they went to the super bowl like they're owing two right now thankfully they have the jets this week the browns were probably thinking the same thing and look what happened there. Well, but, all right. How many – like, Joe Flacco wait, does not deserve to be wait, winning football games. Who would have thought that in 2022, Joe Flacco would have the third most passing yards in the league? Well, and what? If week one, didn't he throw the ball 50 times? Yes, he did. But that's because he had to go – that's because he had to go – that's because the Jets had to try and match – go match for match uh, with Baltimore because, like – Baltimore got out to the gate in week one there, and the Jets honestly just couldn't get anything going because they're the Jets. Wait a second. So the Jets open up three of their first – their first three games are against the AFC North? That is wild. Yep. That is wild. Yeah, get them out of the way because I know the Bills – We after Sunday, we won't see another AFC East opponent until I think November. It's yeah. weird how they have the schedule set up this yeah, year. Yeah, because the Bills' schedule is at the, at the Dolphins. It's at Baltimore, home to Pittsburgh, at the Chiefs. You got the bye week. And then I want to say it's the Jets after the bye week. Uh, No, wait, I thought you were talking about the Bills, right? Yeah. 
No, after the bye week, we come back and play uh, the Packers. Oh, the Packers. Yes, yes. It's, we play Chiefs, then bye week, then Packers, then Jets. Then Jets. Okay, I, I knew I was forgetting. I knew it was a home game, but I couldn't remember. I knew I had. I knew I had the Packers in there somewhere, but like I couldn't remember like when they fell in. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, the thing is, there is like, well, and yeah, you know, really, like. You, I don't know. It's interesting. It's very interesting how the schedule is this year for some of the teams. I just find it crazy that the Jets are playing three of the four AFC North teams to open up the season. That is odd, but I mean, for the Jets, with how they look, like they could start the season two and one. I doubt the Bengals lose to the Jets, but if I'm a Jets fan right now, if I see us sign two and one, it's like, whoa. If the Jets do you bring Zach Wilson back in? Because he should be ready week four. Actually, the Jets open up, they play, get all AFC North teams out of the way right away because week four. Oh, yeah, because week four, that's right. Honest to God, like, I didn't really want to go into talking about the Jets because they're the Jets. But, like, looking into the game against the Bengals, honestly, like, knowing that they can't, knowing that they lost to the Cowboys the way they did, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm actually confident in my team going into the game. Well, especially but- the Jets' defense isn't terrible either. No, and the thing is, though, is, like, Flacco is, like, Flacco, like, okay, all joking aside about Flacco being elite, like, he actually, like, played a really great game. And the thing is, too, is, like, Brees Hall is getting off the ground, no pun intended, finding his footing in the league, too. Um, And then, uh, oh, who is the, uh, who's the wide receiver? Shit. I lo- uh, you know who I'm talking about. The rookie. Oh, rider. the rookie. Um, 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 oh, I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> I want to say Everett is Everett's his last name or something like that for some um, reason. Yeah, no, it's Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Why did I fucking think Everett? Fuck, Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, Garrett Wilson. I mean, like, if Garrett Wilson can have another game like that, too. I mean, like, Jets fans, like, honestly, like, I won't say dare to dream to get to the playoffs. But, like, hey, you guys probably won't finish last in the division this year. That may be that may belong to the New England Patriots. I don't care that they beat the Steelers. They look like they they are they they don't look appealing at all. So at the beginning of the season, we thought like the AFC was going to be like kind of like a gauntlet to go through. It's not looking that way to me. Honestly, I don't know. Like, no, Buffalo and Kansas City are in a collision course. Yeah, I mean, the AFC South is a complete joke. Only one team has a win, and it's the team that I picked to win the division in the Jaguars. Hey, um, the Texans are not in last place, though. They're not. Um, But, no, like, the AFC West, we thought, like, these teams were going to beat each other up all season. The Broncos, the Ra- their coaching staff, like, they're all first-year guys. Nathaniel horrendous. Hunt. Nathaniel Hackett's a complete idiot and is no pun intended a total hack. Yeah. The um, Raider the Raiders look like dog shit. They're Owen too. Like everyone thought Devon Tan's gonna help Derek Carr out. Guess okay, what? The Derek- Raiders actually okay, the Raiders actually like blew that game with their defense. They were up twenty to nothing on the Cardinals, and everybody thought that the Cardinals were done for because everybody knows that everybody knows that Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, that chemistry is not there. And then the Raiders just completely fell apart, like in the second half. So, like, um, so the Raiders and the Broncos—I don't care that the Broncos have a win—they beat, they barely beat the Texans, and they lost to the Seahawks. Those two teams really need to figure it out. Um, I understand you've got new head coaches and new systems and everything, but like with the talent that you have on both those teams, they should not be one and one or zero and two. No, and yet they are. 
Exactly, because the NFL is a crazy league sometimes. And then you have the Chargers, who who are one and one respectfully. Which I mean, the thing is, there is like they're one and one. Like I mean, they own the only reason why they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs was because of a ninety-nine yard interception return for a touchdown. And that's just because, well, I don't know what the fuck Herbert was thinking throwing in that area of, of the field. Well, I mean, it's sides. Yeah. They got screwed. Mahomes threw fucking four interceptions that game. Yeah, no, that's true. Mahomes actually, Mahomes looked like absolute dog shit. That's why I'm saying Kansas City, like, they, they only won because that interception returned for a touchdown. Yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes looked like absolute shit. But the thing is, though, is that the media is not going to tell their darling that he looks like dog shit. I'm not afraid to say Mahomes fucking sucked. No, the league, the league tried to like. Win my, I'm not saying the NFL is rigged by any means, but the league tried, or the refs at least tried to help Mahomes win that game because a couple of those. Oh, I don't want to get into it that much, but like some of those calls were jokes. Because they, because the league knows that the money, the the ratings, and the money will be for a Bills Chiefs collision course. That's exactly what it is there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, going back to the going back to this, like going back to the whole AFC though. Like you're right, it's really not a gauntlet. Looking at it, like we think that it, we thought that it would be on paper, but I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are leading the AFC South after two weeks. <laughs> I I knew it was gonna happen. I mean, I'm smart sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. Hey, speaking of smart, sometimes you know who you know who's also one in one. The Lions. The Lions, baby, and they and you know what? With that offensive line, that running game, and Jer- uh, with how that offensive line protects Jared Goff in that running game, if they can keep that up like they did against Washington, playoffs, baby. And they went shot for shot with the Eagles, who people now are thinking could come out of the NFC. <laughs> That's because they played Kirk Cousins in prime time. Okay, you and I could f- get a team se- could set up a team against Kirk Cousins in prime time, and we would end up and we would beat and we would beat the Vikings. Okay, this is Kirk- true. Okay, like uh, this is like where I this is like where I hate overreaction Monday because they think that all the because Jalen Hurts goes off. And has and Jalen Hurts goes off has three touchdowns and the Eagles win twenty four to seven. That they're that all of a sudden like that all of a sudden like oh they're gonna come out of the NFC. No, like there, there's a chance that they may. But the thing is though is like you need to look at who they played. Kirk Cousins like fucking sucks in prime time. Monday Night Football his career record is two and ten. He threw three interceptions in the red zone, two of them to Darius Slay. Who all of a sudden, I guess Kirk Cousins just mu- just must have thought was wearing Justin Jefferson's uniform because he might as well the way he was covering him all night. But um, I'm not trying to say this as a biased Giants fan, but like you know, I, the Eagles like everybody seems to forget that the Eagles like almost lost to the Lions in Week One. Yeah, so as I just said, like that, the Lions went shot for shot. That's why I think the Lions are going to be a tough team to beat this year. And like, they're not last year's Lions at all. Um, they're, they're not. They're not the. They're not the Lions we grew up watching when we were kids. Can we go back to the Vikings real fast? And what say that like Kirk Cousins is not? No. In- <laughs> why is a tight end wearing number eighty four for them? Why is that number like? 
I think part of my take said this today as well. Why is that number not in the rafters? Like it looks so weird saying number eighty-four on a Vikings player. Because they don't retire numbers in the National Football League. That's why. I mean, what? Yes, they I do. They barely do, I should say. I think the Vikings have like five retired numbers. Well, you know what I mean, though. They barely retire numbers. I, when I say that they don't, I mean they barely don't. I mean, look at Dallas with the number 88. I mean, you have Drew Pearson, who's a Hall of Famer. Michael Irvin, who's a Hall of Famer. Des Bryant, who, outside, who if it wasn't for injuries, like he actually did the number justice. Like, and now C.D. Lamb is the fourth wide receiver to wear the number 88. The Pittsburgh Steelers only have two numbers retired. They're going to retire their third number in franchise history or later in the season when they finally retire Franco Harris's number. Like, it really doesn't happen all that often. Like, you have Wall of Fame and Reign of Honor ceremonies and everything like that. But, like, not a lot of teams, like, get their numbers retired. Like, it, it happens, like, once in a it happens like once in a blue moon, I want to say, I feel like. Yeah, I guess you're not wrong, but it I just, it Vikings just are stupid. I mean, the Vikings are stupid for not doing that, but it, like, it, it doesn't because like that, like that number should just be there for Randy Moss and he should be the only person that wore that number. Like exactly. it looks so weird. Like when I turn on the TV after the Bills game, seeing that. And it seemed like he was only targeting Herb Smith. Kirk Cousins was only throwing the ball his way, it looked like, as well. So every time I saw it, I'm like, I'm like it just looks weird. Like, yeah, like I was Kirk watching like, highlights. And it's like, maybe like, Kirk Cousins saw Randy Moss in New Jersey. Right? That has to be it. Because <laughs> yeah. every time he saw Justin, he was looking for Justin Jefferson, he found Darius Slay instead. <laughs> he plays for the Eagles, Kirk. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty for Kirk Cousins. I mean, that no, is bad. like... Like you said, Kirk Cousins is prime time. Just me and no. you were you were talking. We were talking about earlier that day as well. Like you're like I was. He's not, not playing the Eagles, so he's playing Monday Night Football. Yeah, exactly. I said a true test for Kirk Cousins. Uh, like I like I wasn't joking about that. Like I mean, I, I I wasn't joking about that. Like it wasn't the Eagles that was the true test. It's the fact that he sucks on Monday Night Football. <laughs> His only wins are against the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yes, yeah, be the who the Bears are. Yeah, the Packers exactly. is on the Packers is on the Bears. That is simple as that. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to the Bears or the Packers, like no. The- I just want to say that everyone that counted the Packers out week one already because of their loss to the Vikings, like you had to know it wasn't over. So if Aaron Rodgers, um, the Bears suck. The Packers are going to be fine and still win that division because the Vikings are the Vikings, and Kirk Cousins will have games like he did week one, and I'll have games like he did week two. Hey, look on the bright side. One of those games, one of those games that he'll have week two probably will happen in Buffalo in November. <laughs> Won't matter then because we're going to be have the division locked up by then. Because we're no one saying Kirk Cousins is going to have a week two type game in November. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's I, thought I, said, I thought you said week one. No, yeah, yeah, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins throwing four touchdowns against the Bills defense. Pigs will fly first. I think I'd have to stop being a Bills fan if that happened. <laughs> I'd laugh. I would laugh, honestly. If Kirk Cousins <laughs> came into Buffalo and lit us up, that would be the end of me. <laughs> the stadium, the stadium would, the stadium would be stunt, would be in stunned silence. They may have to applaud him. <laughs> that's, 
It's fine, but um, so what games have we? What teams have we not talked about yet? We have not talked about. We have not talked. Well, we have. We have not talked about uh, Tommy Boy and the Buccaneers. Oof. Another undefeated team in the league. They went. New, they went into New Orleans, and their defense got the job done. Mainly because Jameis Winston probably still thought he was on the <laughs> That was one of those games where just Jameis Winston tries to do everything he can to get his team back, and just nothing works for him. Like I just feel so bad for him sometimes because he, whenever he throws the ball, like you're either getting like, "Oh my God, this is a miraculous play," or "Oh my God, why is he making that throw?" And it was, "Oh my God, why is he making that throw?" type of game. Oh, yeah, I, get, I get he had to because they were down, but holy fuck. It was a baseball score up until the brawl happened, practically. Yeah, it was, I was the most in the FedEx thing, truck. I would have this game on my phone. Um, the most exciting thing in that game was watching Mike Evans just go throw haymakers on Marshawn, on Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, those two actually hate each other. Marcus Lattimore. Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore. I don't even know what the fuck I said. Lattimore. But you know what? Marcus Lattimore. Marcus Mar- Mar- Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore. There we go. <laughs> I was the first. Fuck, my brain's not working. Um, uh, yeah, no, that, those two do hate each other. Honestly, no, I mean, that game was terrible. Like it was game, so boring to watch. <laughs> that game was awful. I, I, I'm glad I didn't even consider putting that on at all. Um, uh, is Tom Brady like time finally caught up with him, or is it just because he's missing his receivers? I think he's fine. I think he's pro- regretting coming out of retirement after 40 days. I think he actually like wants to retire at this point. I mean, to do like the media is making a big deal about him taking like every Wednesday off. But the thing is, though, is like there are those veterans that have been in the league for so long that they take certain days off. Like, yeah, I don't get why people are making a big deal about that because so many veterans take veteran rest days. Exactly. Like, you don't think Aaron Rodgers isn't taking a veteran rest day? I mean, the man hasn't played in a preseason. I mean, the man – look at training camp in preseason for that man. I mean, he doesn't give a fuck about training camp, and he doesn't play in the preseason. He hasn't played a preseason game since, like, 2018, I believe. So, like, you know Aaron Rodgers is definitely taking a veteran's rest day. I mean, there's probably, like, offensive and defense – there's probably offensive and defensive linemen that do the same thing because, like – be, uh, just based on like how long they've been in the league, like those guys don't go anywhere. Um, I'm pretty sure there there's got to be like a handful of them that have those veteran rest days. Like even Stefan Diggs takes them sometimes. Yeah, Von Miller's definitely taking them too. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure. Matthew- I don't get why people are making a bit. Like when I heard, I'm like, oh, it's just like probably like a veteran rest day type thing, and people freaked out about it. Exactly. It's because it's Tom Brady and the media has nothing to talk about because they can't talk about their me. They can't talk about their darlings, the Dallas Cowboys every day. That's why. Um, uh, but uh, no, I think, no, Tommy boy, Tommy Boy's going to retire. It's a matter of when he announces it because it's just a matter of how far the bucks go. I don't think their defense will carry them. If anything, the offense, I, I'm going to hold my judgment on Tom, like time being caught up with Tom. Finally, until they get healthy again, because they, yeah, they, they are not healthy at all. And as soon as Mike Evans went out of the game, the next receiver Tom had to throw to was really Scotty Miller and, um, and, uh, Perryman. Yeah. Rashad Perryman. Oh yeah, no, exactly. No, 
the thing this year is I'm not going to count Brady out. I mean, every time everybody counts Brady out, he just proves everybody wrong. So I'm going to shut my mouth on that one. Um, uh, no, if, if you really want to think about it, it's going to be like Matt, Peyton Manning's last year in the league when he was with Denver. The league, the defense is going to carry is going to take him as far as he can, as far as they can go. With that, with that, that's what I feel like the situation is here. So the thing is, though, is like. If the defense carries Tommy Boy all the way to fucking Arizona in February, don't be surprised if that actually happens. I'm not going to be surprised. I, I really won't be. Um, uh, but the thing is there, too, is that um, if they if they win the division, get knocked out in the, divi- in the wild card round or division round, it may happen, too. But, like, at the same time, like, I'm not, like, the the yeah the the South the the NFC South is a crapshoot. I mean, like if Jameis Winston is going to play like J- that Jameis Winston, like Saints fans might as well look away from the TV for the rest of the season. The Falcons actually don't look. T- the Falcons actually don't look terrible. They just need to like hold on to leads. I mean, they almost came back and beat the Rams. Like they only lost by four, but it is what is there. And then the Panthers like. Fall to they fall to zero and two. Yeah, Baker's definitely not the answer there. I no, Matt Rule is a terrible coach too. Like who, who, I, I did want to talk about that as with you as well. Who's the first coach to get fired this year? Well, my obvious answer would be Nathaniel Hackett, but but I think Russell Wilson will save his ass for now. Um, uh, no, see, I think it's gonna be Frank Wright. No, friend. No, no. I said my obvious answer would have been that, but it's not going to happen. Russell Wilson will save his ass. No, Frank Reich will be the first coach fired. I will give. I don't think. But I don't think Hackett would have been obvious though, because I don't know if they're going to fire a first-year head coach this soon. No, they would have. No, if he continues to make blunders like that, Denver wouldn't give a fuck because their own they bought they the new ownership group like wants to win. Like they bought the team for four point five billion dollars. Like you don't just splash four point five billion dollars on a team ju- to buy a team just to sit there and twiddle your thumbs. Like I, I really feel like if Hackett continues to fuck things up, like yeah. how he does, like the only way he keeps his job is if Russell Wilson saves his job. Do you think the ownership group, the new ownership group, um, had a saying because Hackett was brought in before they bought him? Do you think they saw to say in who they hired, or do you think this was still before them because they didn't technically own the team yet, even though they're on their way to owning the team? They probably talked with the current owners. That they probably talked with the bull and with the uh, bull and trust uh, before uh, buying the team. That's what I would. That's what I would assume as well because I had thought about that as well. Like one thing about coaches getting fired, who'd be the first one? Frank Reich won't last until like, Frank Reich. Frank Reich will get fired after like week seven, probably. Um, but does do the Colts fire coaches midseason? No, but the way that they're playing, I, I would fire him. Do you think Ursay would fire a coach midseason? I don't think has he ever done that before. No, he hasn't actually. The only coaching change that they had midseason wasn't even a true coaching change. Pagano, that was when Pagano had uh, had his can. Well, that was when Pagano had cancer. Okay. The uh, Arians took over for the rest of the season, and then Pagano came back when they made the playoffs, I believe. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I don't think I don't think it would fire, but like I, I think it would have to be Frank, right? Especially with how this team has the Colts have started off the season. No, the Colts are terrible. I, I the Colts are terrible. I mean, my didn't second, you pick them to win the division? I did. Hey, I, I, I mean, on paper, like you think that they actually like would be winning, would be right now, but the league is fucking crazy. So just one, no, one regular day of Barclays is all I ask for. <laughs> um, like fuck. Um. Uh, no, my second choice would also be in the AFC South and Mike Vrabel. There's no shot. No, but that's a hot take. That is a hot take. That is a hot take. I mean, the only reason why I say that is because, like, I don't know, Tennessee, like, he took them to the playoffs. But the thing is, though, is like they they bottled they bottled it every time they made the playoffs, and now they're own and now they're own two. I mean, you get your asses handed to you on you get your asses handed to you on Monday Night Football on national television. But then, like, I'm not even going to talk about that. How the fuck do you lose to the Giants? Like, I mean, it's my team and everything, but like. We're not supposed. We're not good. Like we're not supposed to be two and zero right now. Like we only won because Randy Bullock's fat fucking ass missed a game winning field goal. But we also like, we also stopped Tennessee's offense or lack thereof, and came back to win that game. So and like Saquon Barkley, who was unreal for you guys. Saquon Barkley is carrying us as far as we can go, and so is the defense. Honestly, they're actually closing games out without being stupid. Well, almost not being stupid. Um, uh, no, but it's definitely Frank Reich. My hot take would be Vrabel, but Tennessee won't do that because like they actually like want to try and have stability. So I think maybe they'll just focus on like a rebuild and then see like what Vrabel can do with the rebuild. Um, so uh, I think possibly Arthur Smith as well, maybe. No, firing or rebuilding. Firing. No, they're not going to fire Arthur Smith. They, they. I think they're going to work on him with a rebuild and then see what he does and then fire him if it doesn't work after like two more years. Oh, yeah. But, I was just curious because you were talking about – I was just curious about the coaches because I wanted to talk about that once you brought up the Panthers and – um. What, no, Matt Rule. No, yeah, Matt, see, Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule honestly should never have gotten hired by the Panthers. Arthur Smith getting Arthur Smith Arthur Smith getting hired by the Falcons was a, was a pretty decent move, and that's probably also like what's hurting the Titans because they lost their offensive coordinator. And like when you replace an offensive coordinator who actually like is good, it's it all depends. It it, it 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 sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. There, I mean, um. Uh, but the Panthers should have never hired Matt Rule. He is terrible. I am actually glad that the Giants did not. I, you know, it pains me to say this. I know Joe Judge like was not a good, was definitely not a good head coach, but for the Giants. But like, if the Giants would have hired Matt Rule, there's probably a chance he would still be coaching right now, even though like he would probably have them in 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 the same position that they were for the past two seasons. And I probably would be suffering right now as a Giants fan. Um. Uh, but that's just me too. But that's just my opinion there. Um, another coach that I won't say fired, but I think will retire at the end of the season is I think Pete Carroll finally calls it quits. Yeah, I don't think they'd fire him. No, they can't fire him, but I think he's got – I think he'll just retire. The dude's like in his 70s and like the Seahawks are not going anywhere anytime soon. Belichick as well retire? Belichick will die on the sideline before he retires. Okay. Then again, I said that about Coach K and Duke and Roy Williams in North Carolina for college basketball, and they both eventually retired. So I'm, I could be wrong there. 
then again, I also say that about Keith Richards. Like the Rolling Stones are never gonna actually quit as a band. Keith, they'll they'll quit as a band when Keith collapses on stage and dies. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is, in my opinion. But yeah. um, uh, no, I mean that's my opinion on coaches and stuff. I mean. You know, speaking of coaches and teams and everything, we have not touched on the best division in football. Two teams are undefeated in the NFC East. One of them, nobody expected to be in my team. Actually, nobody really expected both teams to be undefeated. I mean, like, anybody that anybody wants to tell me they expected the Eagles to be 2-0, like, you're full of fucking shit. And that's me being biased and unbiased at the same time. Like, but then again, like, both teams actually like that. Everybody, everybody has a win in that. Everybody has a win in that division. Like that division's not actually terrible. Like the Cowboys without Dak are one and one. Washington is one and one. And then the Giants and the Eagles are two and zero. Oh. Yeah, this is definitely the Eagles' division just based off the first two weeks of the season because Jalen Hurts with weapons now looks like a good receiver and he's. Seems like he's going through his progressions more than he did last year and using his feet this year to help him. No, the Eagles definitely should be winning this division. Definitely should be winning this division here because Dak Prescott's going to be. I don't care what Jerry Jones tells Dallas Radio. Jerry Jones is not a doctor. <laughs> I don't care that he thinks one plus one equals three either because he's on fucking crack. Um, uh, but no, the Cowboys are not winning the division. I- my, my hot take of them winning the division and going all the way to the NFC Championship is probably blowing up all in smoke, um, but we'll see what happens there. Um, the, Eagles will mo- the Eagles should win the division just based on how they're playing. Um, I'm, I'm just in shock about the Giants, honestly. Like I, I, I'm loving that we're 2-0. I'm surprised that we're 2-0. Daniel Jones really hasn't done anything to impress me. I mean, he... I, I I don't wouldn't say that. I mean, well, he has he's done... helped in your guys' route to be two and zero. I would say no. Daniel Jones, the game manager quarterback, is winning games. Daniel Jones, the the like uh, Daniel Jones, like the game manager quarterback, is winning games, which I'm fine with. But the thing is, though, is like everybody keeps talking about oh, his progression, his progression, his progression, and it's like, well, he isn't turning. Knock on wood. He's not turning the ball over all that much. I mean, he just had like he just has like the one interception against the Titans so far, which isn't terrible. He isn't fumbling the ball. He isn't really fumbling the ball either, which is great. Well, that's uh, all you can ask for, especially when you have a run game like you do with well, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's our offense again, which I'm okay with. But the thing is, though, is like Dable. Dable is get, Dable's pulling out pulling things out with the offense that I haven't seen in a while, which is good. Yeah. Um, and it also helps he has like. He has the support of his players behind him. Like, he is leading these men, and they are following him, unlike what you guys have kind of had in the past where your players that's really cult- haven't trusted in the coaching staff. That's a culture change right there. Like, yeah, it's huge for you guys, and it's showing, like, because last year, I don't know if you remember, but I said, like, you guys aren't as bad as people think, and it's coming to show this year. No, we weren't. I said that, too. I said that, too. But the thing is there is, like, it was a culture. It's a culture shock now. Like, honest to God, like, I joke about uh, – you and I have talked about this with the Giants. Like, I joke about them being called Buffalo South because, like, they hired Joe Shane. They hired Brian Dable. Both came from Buffalo. 
And then they bring in like all these guys like John Feliciano, Davis Webb, Matt like, Breida. Huh? Matt Breida. Yeah, Matt Breida. Like, I mean, the thing is, there is like they're 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 copy like they're, they're they're copying Buffalo in terms of like trying to build a culture where it's more where it's about the team no matter what. Right. And and their Dayball is kind of doing right now what McDermott did with the Panthers for years, where it's like he's taking like players he trusts on his old team that weren't like the stars and bringing them over. Exactly. And the thing is, too, is like the defense has been the defense has been playing pretty well, too. I mean, like I said, Baltimore, Baltimore was stupid to let Wink Martindale go to us. Because Wink Martindale is like a, is actually a great defensive co- coordinator, one of the best in the league, and with some of the players that like we have missing, like we released Blake Martinez, who was our leading tackler the past two seasons. We don't have Aziz Oljari as of right now because he's injured. Um, there are a couple we haven't had Kayvon Thibodeau play yet either because of a knee the knee injury he sustained in the preseason, like. We've been using a lot. We've been using a lot of scheme where it's like a lot of like defend like five defensive backs like in the in our scheme here. So like you're seeing like a lot of, a lot of plays involving uh, Darnay Holmes, Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, like those guys who are really stepping. Like, I mean, they step. They've they've been stepping up, but like they're taking a leap forward. They're being like third, fourth year guys in the league. Third. I have been impressed with Julian Love. I, I have as well. I really have been. I kind of wish I bought Julian Love jersey and not Xavier McKinney jersey, but I'm okay with that too. I mean, either which way, like they're both like. And defense. I'm biased on Julian Love as well because he's a Notre Dame guy. That's exactly it there too. Like that's exactly it there too. I mean, like, but no, like, I, yeah, I, I, I'm taking it one game at a time with them. They play Dallas Monday Night Football. Uh, and you my, guys are favored in the game as well. I, I get Dax out, but I mean, we're favored in the game, not just with Vegas, but also like in the percentage to win too. But do uh, that point probably you guys are home, right? Yeah, that's why. That, okay, so they're basically saying this is like a fifty-fifty game. It's just you guys are getting that point because you guys are at home. Um, but you yeah. guys have a, I, you. In my opinion, you guys do have a test in front of you because the Cowboys didn't look like the Cowboys' defense has looked phenomenal so far this season. Well, yeah, they have Micah and, Parsons. Yeah, Micah Parsons looks like a world beater. And Cincinnati just decided not to block him and just let him run free all game. Yeah, the Giants' offensive do. line has actually improved over the uh, has improved. I mean, Andrew Thomas actually looking like the left tackle for the for our future. Um, and based on the blocking of the offensive line, like they're creating holes not just for Saquon Barkley with the run game, but they're also giving Daniel Jones some pretty good protection too, uh, with for him to throw the ball. So, like, like I said, I'm taking it one game at a time. I'm not gonna say, oh, we're gonna kick the Cowboys' asses because, like, I don't see that happening. Like, I, I think I, I genuinely do think you guys could win this game because, let's be honest, if you're playing a backup quarterback. They have that one good game a season where they're going to win it for you, and they just did that against Cincinnati with um, exactly. Cooper Rush. Cooper, exactly. Cooper Rush is two and zero. He played. Cooper Rush is two and zero in his career. Do you know who Cooper Rush played other than Cincinnati? Minnesota. Exactly, and who's Minnesota's quarterback? <laughs> and, and MVP. What, and, and and what is his record in prime time again? Two and ten. Well, that's Monday Night Football, but I don't think he's won on Sunday Night Football either. Exactly. 
Let me exactly. look that up. But like, yeah, I think I genuinely think you guys could win this game. If we win the game, like I'm going to dare I'm I'm dream I will dream about playoffs. Not the division, but I think we could get to the playoffs. I, you guys I, are three and oh, I would I would agree with you based on the fact that the NFC is dog shit as well. Exactly. And the thing is too is like every like I was, Kirk Cousins is ten and eighteen in primetime games. Ten and eighteen? Yes. Jesus Christ. How many of those are on Sunday Night Football? Um, let me tell you in one second. Most of those have to be on Thursday night. There's no way he has a win on Sunday night. Yeah, let's see. The Bears. Oh, this, oh, this doesn't give me this his Sunday night like alone. I would have to count it. Yeah, you'd have to look at like dates and shit. Yeah, Don't... exactly. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. But yeah, ten and eighteen in primetime football. Fucking, uh, fucking terrible. <laughs> atrocious. Fucking atrocious. Jesus Christ. Never bet on Kirk Cousins in a primetime game. Honestly, uh, always take the opponent. <laughs> always take the opponent, unless the Vikings. Oh. Unless the Vikings are underdogs by more than two touchdowns, then 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 you can take the Vikings. But um, uh, Kirk like- Cousins is at his best on Sunday Night Football, completing seventy one point eight percent of his passes for two thousand three hundred fifty six yards with eighteen touchdowns and four interceptions. But for some reason, they're not giving me the record. He lost the Cooper Rush. That tells you everything. Yes, yes, That's- he lost the Cooper Rush, and but you guys like, I like where you guys are at right now. No, this I, is perfect because Dayball now got us from the door, got his first two wins as an NFL head coach. He's got the team behind him. The whole league expected you guys to do nothing. Now you guys can just kind of fly under the radar and do what you guys do and just win, win the games you should win. That's all you need to do, and you could get a wild card spot. If you win the games, you should that matter. That's all that matters. Like I said, if we win, I'll dream about playoffs. Um, uh, well, especially because no. after this week as well, if you guys say you go into Dallas and beat them on Monday night, then you well. guys get the Bears. <laughs> if you guys start off four and zero, I mean, if you... we start off four and zero, I'm going down. I'm going down to the east. I'm going down to East Rutherford, and I'm going to a fucking game. I do not care. I will go. I will make the five. I will make the six hour drive down to New Jersey. All right. I like the sound of that. But, yeah, you guys, like, you guys have everything. Kind of, and especially with you guys as well this year, having one of the easiest schedules in the NFL because you have to play the AFC South. They're terrible. Yeah. And you guys get to play the fucking Commanders twice a season. Yeah, that, those, are, those are the only times that Daniel Jones wins at the division. Exactly. So it's like. Fuck, we go have- go do what you do and go keep winning football games. That well, take I'm taking it one week at a time and go from there. Um, yeah. uh, but like I mean, my thought pro- I I want to say this about this will be my last thought before we switch into baseball because I think we covered football pretty much here. Um, uh, I was watching before like earlier in the day, like I was like earlier in the day, like I was watching uh parting the interruption, like I like yeah like. Around the Horn and Pardon the Interruption are, like, the only two ESPN shows that, like, I can actually genuinely be interested in because of all the rapid-fire topics that they have. Um, and they have, like, a to- – they have a- they had a segment where they had I- – I can't believe I'm saying this name here, but they had Booger McFarland on Pardon the Interruption for five minutes here. And one of- And one of the segments, like, that he spoke in that five minutes, he was talking about the Giants. 
<coughs> and he was talking about the same things we were talking about, about Dabble and like the team being behind him and Barkley and how he's off to a good start. And the thing is, though, is like nobody, like how nobody really expected this to happen. And he said, like, he's saying like everything we've been saying. So like you have like a, you have somebody that actually pays attention in the national media. That's like, wait a second. Maybe the Giants can be more than a five win team, more than a six win team. Maybe they can win seven, eight games. Maybe they can win that. Maybe they can win that ninth game. See like where it takes them there. Like, 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 you know, it, it, it's more along the lines of like just building that culture first and then taking it from there. But like I, you know, I I have hope. I I, I like where the team is going right now. Um, but um, uh, no, other than that, there I'd be mean, like, I really don't have anything else to say on football. I mean, I'm just you know, the games coming up on Sun, uh, the games coming up this week are going to be shit in my opinion for the most part. The Browns and the Steel, like the Browns and the Steelers, like on Amazon, uh, it'll be a snooze fest. I'm probably going to watch the Yankees game honestly instead. Yeah, I think we really touched on everything in football. We just really didn't talk about the NFC West at all, but I mean. We did a little bit with the Rams. We didn't all that much with the Niners. I mean, uh, Niners better with Jimmy G in the lineup. I say yes, and now they're definitely could win that division. Sucks that I sucks that I had the sucks that I had to uh, drop a quarterback in. From Me my- too. Me too. But I picked up the quarterback from the same team. So <laughs> I've thought about it, but I decided to pick up Tua just to see like what the hell happens. He's still on my bench though. Derek Carr was already taken in my league. Do, Derek Carr is going up against the Bears this week. I think that I think the Raiders will bounce back. I agree. Uh, Bears, <laughs> the Bears, the Bears won their first game of the season because of weather. That's it, all it came down to. That's exactly it. The the Niners cannot play in inclement weather because they play in fucking California. West Coast teams just can't deal with like the climate like that for some reason, except for Seattle. But that's because it rains there all the time. Yeah, I could not live in Seattle. I visited there once, and it sucked. I wouldn't. I, I was there in the winter, but still, it sucked. It was still raining. That's definitely weird there. Um. Uh, so yeah, no. Let's move on. Let's move on to baseball now. Don't really want to get into everything too much here. I will say this: congratulations to your scumbum Mets. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Job isn't finished yet, though. We still got to clinch. Still got to clinch the East, but it's fine. I mean, even if you don't clinch the East, like you're in the playoffs. But I understand you. Or the Braves, but I still would rather have the first that that um the division that, locked up. Yeah, that division seat, division locked up, number two seat in the playoffs. I understand. I get you there. Well, I mean, you did lose tonight, but the Braves also did lose tonight. So, like, you didn't lose any ground there. Nope, there's still one from the last time we talked. The Braves were one behind us, and they still are one behind us, just as we meet again two weeks later. Yeah, you got yeah, meet at the end of the season, right? Almost. Yep. Yeah, they're meeting at the end of the season practically. Um uh but yeah, no, congratulations on that. The Dodgers are in the playoffs, they're most likely gonna have the best record in all of baseball. Uh they are they did clinch the West. Uh the Houston Astros are most likely gonna have the best record in the American League. They clinched the they clinched their division, the AL West as well. The Cleveland Guardians have a five game lead as of yesterday. In the AL Central, what a um, joke of a division! That is a joke of the of a division. But hey, I mean, if the Guardians win a division, I win forty bucks. So come on, guards! Let's oh, go. all right, I'll be rooting for them for you then. 
Yeah, come on, guards. Uh, no, I made that bet like back in like June. I want to say because <laughs> like that was like when they that was like when they got off that little hot stretch there. They, they probably weren't even favored, right? Well, at that point, they would have been maybe. No, no, no. The White Sox were still favored like in June, but then they just fell off the wagon. Like they're probably not even gonna make the postseason. Honestly, they actually probably they most likely are not. Tony La Russa somehow still has a job, and I don't understand it. My Orioles I'm, are still above 500, and I'm going to lose my mind if I may if I was right about this call at the beginning of the season. I mean, I'm loving that for you there, honestly. The Mad Lads of Baltimore, like they are, they're they're a year they got a year ahead. It's not they're their frisky. T- they're frisky. Huh? They're frisky. Yeah, it's not their time yet, but the thing is no. though. Is like I think maybe next year if they continue this momentum they will get a wild card spot. Well, especially with how the Rays look as well. So you could honestly the Orioles next year could take that third spot in the AL East because the oh, Rays yeah. have not been impressive this year. No, they haven't. And the thing is though is like Tampa's probably going to take a fall from Grace once again because they just refuse to play. They just refuse to pay players. So like it, it's just a matter of like what happens there. Um, the AL East is practically all locked up. The magic number is down to nine. The Yankees actually could have clinched a playoff spot tonight on three for three scenarios. They won tonight. They won tonight as we're recording. The Guardians are beating the White Sox, but they also needed the Tigers to beat the Orioles, and the Tigers are just fucking terrible. So I knew that wasn't and I knew that wasn't happening there. So I'll have to wait another day. We'll just clinch the play, we'll just clinch a playoff spot against the Red Sox this weekend. I'm okay with that. Maybe yeah, they bit. fucking suck, Paiska. What the fuck? Maybe, maybe just eliminate them from playoff contention while we're at it as well. I'd be okay with that too. Fucking jabroni selling yeah, those. That's how bad the American League is this year, though. That the Red Sox still aren't eliminated from playoff. I get they still have seventy-two wins, but they're still not eliminated from playoff contention. And I mean, you know what? Honestly, like I thought the Pirates were going to have seventy-five wins, but I told you that I gave up. <laughs> When they started throwing <laughs> vegetation in their bullpen. Did you see the video of their um, their third baseman eating sunflower seeds today as a play was going on? Oh, that's wonderful. Is it the same guy that uh, is it the same guy that got suspended for, for a game that uh, had his phone in his pocket and it slipped out when he slid on third base? I, I believe so. Yeah, he had his glove off in the middle of playing sunflower seeds right, as, a guy, as a guy was running home. No one, you know what? Honestly, like last night when the Yankees won, coming back to win, I'm like, I can't believe that they did. But then at the same time, like it's the fucking Pirates. I'm, I, I'm not surprised that they came back and won. Not a real fucking mob front of a franchise, but uh, no, I mean the only division like that, the only division we really didn't touch on there is like the NL Central, which is another crapshoot. The Brewers are pretty much ha- the Brewers will have a wild card spot. And the Cardinals should have that division locked up almost, I believe. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, Cardinals is basically the Brewers aren't coming back unless the Cardinals just decide not to win any more games to close out the season. Pretty much there. But speaking of the Cardinals and the Yankees, I want to touch two. I want to touch base quickly on a couple of top on a couple of things for both of those teams. Mainly the mainly a home run chase for two players. Uh, Albert Pujols on his retirement tour is two home runs away from 700 and there's going to be 14 games left in the season like once tomorrow comes and Aaron Judge is two home runs away from breaking the American League single season home run record that has been held by Roger Maris since the 1961 season and if, and also on top of it Aaron Judge is also as of yesterday probably going to go into tomorrow as well 
as we're recording this. He is going to, he has been, he is leading all categories in the American League for the Triple Crown, leading the American League in batting average, leading the entire majors by home and home runs by 20 plus, by 20 plus. And he had, and he's leading the American League in RBIs and RBIs as well. Um, and won't be a Yankee next year. Ha ha ha. He's not going to the Mets either. Probably go to the Giants. The baseball Giants said it's not the football Giants. Yeah, uh, he could be your guy's tight end. <laughs> I mean, we do actually need a tight end. We signed a guy. We signed a guy um, uh, in the off season. He got put on season ending IR. <laughs> Go sign Tim Tebow now. But um, no. Um, it is fun to see like, like kind of closing out the end of the baseball season. Like actually having something to look forward to, especially with like those two players you had mentioned. Um, because it's like kind of around the time of year in baseball where it's like, all right, just get me to playoffs now because it's like there's. I don't want to waste my time watching these games. I know you're different because you're a big baseball fan. I well, am in the majority of baseball fans that will tune in once in a while, but I'm not going to. Well, the thing is there is like normally there's like more to like the playoff race, but there really isn't this year. I mean, like other than like positioning is practically going to be locked up for the most part too. I mean, like it's just a matter of like, it's just a matter of like what the wild cards wild card series look like there with like who go like who plays who but like your division winners are going to be set like and their positions are going to be set too because like both teams in their in, in their west divisions like are going to have the number 1 seeds in the AL and NL the two teams that win the east in the AL and NL are going to be the two seeds in the in both leagues which means that the central winners are going to be the three seeds so like it's just a matter of like who four five and six are like in the wild card there just based on just based on that. So just so like there's really not a lot happening in the playoffs there. So like from a standpoint here, I just care more about whether or not Albert gets seven hundred, and I also just want to see like quite possibly the sing- greatest single season like in major league history happen at this point to like come to like it's sadly going to come to an end but like we're witnessing like we're witnessing history at this point not just with pool holes but with judges single season overall i don't even care i it's not even just the home run total it's the fact that like he's gonna it's the fact that he's hitting over it's the fact that he's gonna break the single season home run record in the american league and also potentially win a triple crown for the first, be the first player since Miguel Cabrera did it in 2012, and also the first Yankee since Mickey Mantle did it in 1956. Do you think that if Pujols doesn't get 700 this year, do you think he stays one more season to try to get it? No, he already said that no matter what happens, he's retiring at the end of the season. Right. I know he's only two away, and he said, what, 14 games left for them? Yeah. My dad was asking me the same thing. No, he like uh, when he when he went on that tear when he went on that mini tear there like in August. Uh, he's he came out and said, "I'm still retiring, guys. I'm sorry." Like I mean, it's sad to say that. Like because the thing is, there is if he doesn't get 700 home runs, he'll be stuck on 698. But at the same time, too, is like I mean, even if he doesn't get 700, like he's still gonna go down as one of the all-time greats in Major League Baseball's history. Yeah, and do you think that there is any chance for Judge to hit seventy-four mark, or probably not? No, probably not. He went. He had two hits today. Yeah, two uh, doubles, right? 
two doubles, scored two runs. They walked him on four pitches in the bottom of the eighth. I didn't even know he was at bat. Uh, I didn't even know he was at bat, but they blew it open, and he got a chance to have another at bat. They walked him on four pitches, and Yankee Stadium just started booing the shit out of the Pirates pitcher. <laughs> They're probably going to boo the shit out of everybody that pitches to him and for the Red Sox, too. Boo the shit out of all the pitchers for the Red Sox, too. Yeah. Who, who holds the record bonds, right, for the most uh, single-season home runs? Well, and, yeah. and he holds the record as well for most career home runs as well. Correct, yes. But, He's got seven, uh, 762 for home runs and, uh, yeah, 762 for home runs. He's got 73 for a single season. So he hits – so – He's so Aaron Judge and Barry Bonds are only two of six players in Major League Baseball history to hit 60 home runs. You said how many? Six. Okay, yeah, yes, yes, because you got Sosa and McGuire. Sosa and McGuire, Bonds, Bonds, Judge, Judge, Roof, and Maris. Oh, that's right, Roof. Roof did it. Roof was the first. I thought he was stuck at 59 for some reason. Roof? Yeah. No, he hit 59 in 1921. He hit 60 in 1927. Oh, okay. But then, of course, like, everybody thinks that Babe Ruth played against mechanics and milkmen. So, like, they don't consider they don't consider that, like, anything serious. But those people are idiots. Um, uh, well, it's like what you get in any of these sports arguments when we're talking about Gretzky, like, LeBron, MJ. It's like. Yeah, yeah Michael played against plumbers. I don't want to fucking hear that shit. I'll lose it. I'm on, I, I'm on your side of this argument. I will fucking lose it. No. I'm not on any side of the old persons in these arguments because, like, yeah. it was a different time. Exactly. Exactly. I, But, like, I just find it hilarious that, like, the only three, like, you have it evenly split. Three on the American League side, three on the National League side. And the three players on the American League side all did it while playing for the New York Yankees. And then the three that did on the NL side were taking steroids. <laughs> that's pretty that's right. the, the steroid era saved baseball so it's fine it's fine this yeah so you have yeah well babe Ruth, babe Ruth. you got three yankees and three roid users exactly so like it balances out perfectly the only thing is though is like ironically the three ironically the two yankees that did the single that set the single season home run record their teams won the world series the teams that the, the yeah teams, keep dreaming buddy yeah it's not how it's probably <laughs> keep dreaming no, I'm just pointing that out. The no, I know. I, I knew we were going to go with that, though. You guys can't get past will, the Astros. We probably won't even get past the past, like the division series, but you never know. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I like to dream sometimes, but no, like the three Royd users, like they didn't, they didn't get anywhere with their teams in the postseason. Like they really didn't like, and the thing is too, is like when McGuire, when McGuire set the, re- like when McGuire set the record, like in 98, he didn't even win MVP. Sosa did because he had a better all-around season and he took the Cubs to the play and he took the Cubs to the postseason. Whereas McGuire didn't take the Cardinals to shit. This is true. So the thing is there is like it's very interesting how that goes there. But I still think like single-handedly Aaron Judge is having the greatest single season in in MLB history. Oh, Be- I, I agree with that. Because the thing is, there is like, guy and really, he's not striking out as much as he did last year either. While doing this, like you said, his he leads the league like in the 
or the AL and they could win the triple crown. Exactly. First player since Miggy uh, did it in 2012. And the thing is, that was a great season as well. That was a great season. I mean, I mean, like that. I mean, like those are the only two reasons, like why casual fans like are tuning in. Like, uh, you want my honest opinion? I know that, like me being here, I have the Yes Network and everything. But Yankees and Cardinals games, no matter how bad they, how bad the opponents are, or like who they're playing, national TV for the rest of the season, honestly. National TV to see to try and see Albert get seven hundred, and then national TV to see like just watch Aaron Judge in this season. Honestly. Oh well, yeah, people would tune in for that because now people like, especially on nights football isn't on. People are gonna like will tune into that to give themselves something to watch because, let's be honest, everyone loves history being broken. Exactly, they they do, they really do. No matter how much they, no matter how much it pains people to say that they don't, because like some of the players that have their records broken, like they're some of the all time greats, and like the old and like the older generation is like, oh no, like like they're still like it doesn't matter that the records are broken, like they're still not going to be the greatest or whatever. But you still have to appreciate it nonetheless. Here, oh exactly, yeah, none of these, yeah. Unfortunately, Aaron Judge won't go down as one of the best players in MLB history, but he's still going to set history and he's going to have his name in the history books forever. Unless uh, he, he'll, he'll get it. There's no shot that he doesn't. If Aaron judge is the MVP, Aaron judge is the MVP. It should be unanimous. There's nobody that can tell me otherwise. There's no one even close this year that you could make an argument for. No angels fans are just going to say Otani because of he, uh, because of what he does as a two big player. Guess what, the, they still are uh, below 500 team. They got eliminated from from postseason contention for the eighth season in a row too. And they're they, down seven to two to the fucking Rangers right now. Exactly. Like, or I they say, lost to the Rangers. Excuse me. Exactly. Like, I don't care that Shohei Otani is doing something for the first time since Mordecai Three Finger Brown did it in 1905. The Angels are still fucking losing. Aaron Judge. See, see, what's unique about Aaron Judge's season is that, like, we're talking about like everything from a historical perspective with him as well but when you also look at like his like uh, compared to current players like he has a 20 plus home run lead over the next guy do you know the last time that that was done had to be like the 1950s tried 1928 jesus babe ruth had a whole babe ruth had a 20 had a 20 plus home run lead over like two other people who was even behind uh, Judge is here in home runs. Is it Schwarber? It's still Schwarber, I believe. Because what doesn't Atlanta have a guy up there as well? I don't. I don't even know his name. Yeah, I mean, I, it's still Schwarber, I believe. Actually, like, okay. if, you, like if you want to look that up real quick. Yeah, I know Pete Alonso has, I think, thirty-five, thirty-six. Let's see. Oh yeah, so Schwarber has. Okay, got it. Schwarber has forty. Austin Riley of the Braves has 37. Jordan Alvarez from Houston has 37. Pete Alonso has 37. Yeah, exactly. So, like, 20 plus. And then Trout has 36. Exactly. 20 plus more home runs than the next guy. And then the guys after that. Yeah, that is and fun- you have the 128 RBIs is crazy as well. But, I mean, that's going to come with home runs, but it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. The thing is there is, like, like twenty uh, leading the league by twenty home runs or more hasn't been done since nineteen twenty eight. And the crazy thing as well, like an even crazier stat about Judge hitting sixty home runs. 
is his average at 317. Like he's that, a career 276 hitter. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Like that that jump that he had from like I said last year, like if it wasn't a home run, he was striking out basically. Exactly. It was feast or famine practically. But the thing is there is like, because, you, and the thing that really gets me, the thing that kills me and upsets me about this is because like the Yankees haven't tied him, haven't tied like and locked him down like to a contract. It's all like, okay. He doesn't this, want to be there. I mean, we saw that what was the all-star weekend where he's, where a reporter asked him, he's going to be a Yankee next year. And what do you say? Like you guys have a lot of good players on your team, basically avoiding the question. I don't think judge will be a Yankee next year. Unfortunately. I think he's just playing politics and avoiding the question altogether. I mean, like, I mean, the thing is, there is like, you know, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to take it and see like what happens in the off season. So honestly, but the thing is, if he does stay with the Yankees, like they literally have no choice, but to break the bank once again, like they were in the nineties, breaking the bank with everybody. Or even in 2009, like when they, Broke the bank with Sabathia to Shara and with Sabathia and to Shara. They'd yeah. have to that there, but that they don't want to do it. And like, they're going to have to like pay the fucking luxury tax. Okay. And you guys, yeah, you guys are a team where your owners have the money to, and are willing to like you, if, you guys and the Dodgers are willing to spend. Those are your uncle Steve. What was that? Those are your uncle Steve. Yeah, like you guys are willing to spend the money on the players to keep your team good, and we've seen that throughout history with these teams. Um, but I don't. My thing is, I don't know if Judge wants to be a Yankee. Because let's be honest, he, he, like you said, if he goes to the Giants, he has a lot less pressure being a Giant than he does a Yankee. Exactly. If he goes to Giants, I mean, the thing is, there is like, yeah, he makes them better. But the thing that sucks is, is he's never going to win anything. He'll win individual awards with them. Yeah, bad, not- bad sports town as well. Like those, last year I was like those cities don't care. Like San Francisco does not care that much about the Giants. San Francisco, honestly, like they're not going to win anything. They're no. in the position as the Dodgers, and even well, unfortunately, he hasn't won anything as a Yankee yet either, though. No, let's not get into that. I, well, I don't. I, it, 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 well, it has to be part of the argument. Like, it, well, no, the you conversation. Know, if you're saying that, what you are. Well, what I'm saying is, is that like, like at least yeah, with the Yankee, he'll see playoffs every year, and possibly, I mean, the Yankee, possibly well, the, with the Giants, he could. He could, but it's probably not going to happen because, like, you'd have to like have a, you'd have to have three teams coming out of the NL West, which I mean, it could, but it could happen. But at the same time, well, like, I think the Giants, if they got him, and they would probably just have to clean up their. Their bullpen, I think, is probably they would the biggest issue. Bullpen, exactly. They would exactly. But the thing is, there is like no. I mean, well, when you look at it, like no, Judge hasn't won a lot with the Yankees. But at the same time, like you literally have like an era of almost an ask. You literally have an era of asterisks there. Do you like, also think though, at Old Yankee Stadium, does Judge hit as many home runs with the right right field while being closer? Yeah, I still. Think so. <laughs> no, I was just fucking with you. I think I yeah. think so as well. I just wanted to see, I just wanted to see where yeah, you. you I still say. think so. But like when you think about it, though, like I, I'll I'll entertain your argument. He's not one with the Yankees, but the not one much with the Yankees. But the thing is, though, is like he got fucked out of an MVP in 2017. He led almost every statistical category except for one, which was batting average. And because that was so, 
and that was batting average. I'm still convinced that they didn't want to give the MVP to a guy who was going to win Rookie of the Year. Who was that, Altuve in 2017? Yeah, yeah Altuve was 17. The only category he led in was batting average. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge was head over. Was Aaron Judge had a he hit over fifty that season because that was his rookie season, right? Exactly. Yeah, he hit over fifty. He hit fifty-two home runs. He broke the rookie record at the time, okay. which which only lasted for two years because of Alonzo with fifty-three in nine in twenty nineteen. My boy. But, but yeah, but then the thing is too is like okay, yeah, the Yankees in the postseason. Okay, they they the tw- the twenty seventeen New York Yankees should not have been like where they were. They were ba- they were they were kids practically. But yeah, okay, they came within one game of the World Series. Then they lost the division series to Boston. We all know what happened in twenty nineteen. It still fucking annoys me. Um, it was nineteen was the cheating season, right? Seventeen was the cheating season. Nineteen. No, was- nineteen was. No, seventeen was the cheating season. They won. They beat the Dodgers. Nineteen was the walk off. Oh, that's right. That's right. And the cheat and partial cheating too. Um, and then twenty, they lost. Twenty, they lost to the Rays in the division series. And then last season, Boston sold their soul to win a meaningless wild card game. So yeah, you're not ta- you're not wrong there. But like I said, it's kind of, like I said, some of those years are marred by asterisks. Well, at least like a year and a half. Two like they because, well yeah I would say one maybe two years could be asterisks but I mean you can say that about any like winning team. Well, I could say that about anything like with awards there. Like I, I yeah. I'm gonna, I major like like I like I think the thing with Judge like him not saying with the Yankees just like 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 I said the pressure. There was a lot more pressure being a Yankee than any like probably I would say maybe then the only other team with that much pressure is probably the Dodgers you would have on you. Exactly because exactly. that is the only like. The Dodgers are the only like team in LA that actually have a good fan base that care. I think because LA doesn't care about any other team really, like besides the Dodgers. Like, don't even get me started with the Lakers on them because they don't care about the Lakers. Whether no, they don't care about basketball until until playoff time. <laughs> and even and even and even then, um, uh, and even then, like they'll still bitch and moan. But no, they don't even care about the Dodgers all that much until like playoff time. Chavez Ravine, like Chavez Ravine, that stadium is like sixty thousand, and they only they only get like 45, 30 to forty five a game. Like nobody, barely anybody goes to Dodger games like in the summer. They don't start going and filling the stadium up until like August September time because like they know that they're going to be in the postseason. So like you know like they just they they want to get like they just like want to get prepared for that. Yeah. But, but no, the thing is, there is like no, he won't have any pressure on the New York on what on the giant New York Giants. Holy fuck, on the San Francisco Giants, he won't because then the, the San Francisco media like isn't gonna get isn't going to um. Uh, he would be the golden boy there. Exactly, it's his favorite team. He went to Fresno State. Like they're not gonna like give him. They're not gonna like pound on him to like do this, that, and the third. And the thing is, though, is he'll probably win. He he could win some gold gloves, maybe a silver slug, maybe some silver sluggers, and then he'll definitely make the All Star team. I think too. could definitely compete for in playoffs. I think if Judge joins the Giants and they clean up that bullpen just a little bit, I think they could be a pitcher away from being ahead of the Padres. Oh, probably. Probably. I mean, it all depends on like what happens in the NL, honestly. I mean, the thing is, there's like you really only have to come like when you really think about it, honestly, like six teams going to the six teams going to the postseason. So the thing is, there is like you have to compete against the Dodgers and the Padres in your own division. 
But then at the same time, but then at the same time too, like, okay, you've got the Mets and the Braves. You have the Phillies, kind of. And then, like, all you have to really worry about would be like the Cardinals and the Bru- and or the Brewers, like the yeah. Giants. Like the Giants, pretty much like have a good chance. Like, would have a good chance, like any normal year. The only thing about the Giants, I say, is that like they're very, very inconsistent. Like one year they're good. Like last season, they won. They won over. They won over well over a hundred games, and they got knocked out in the first round by the Dodgers. This year, they're nowhere near playoff contention. It was like that when they won their World Series in the early 2010s. Like 2010, they won the World Series. 2011, missed the postseason. 2012, won the World Series. 2013, missed the postseason. 2014, won the World Series. 2015, missed the postseason. And like what? And 2015, missed the postseason. Like they're very, very inconsistent. That's the only thing that like I will say that will detract him from going to San Francisco. Because he, because like a player like Aaron Judge deserves to be in the spotlight, but it's up to the Yankees to pay him. Yeah. How much uh, do you think they would have to pay him? Do you think like trout money or more than trout money? Huh? Do you think they would have to give him like more than trout money or less than trout? I'd say around. I'd All right. So like- then more than Harper or less than Harper? Which one's greater again? This is just me being stupid. Trout Trout gets paid more than Harper does. Let me look up Bryce Harper's contract. Okay, so Trout okay, so even with Trout, so then like if it's even with Trout, then it's definitely more than Harper. Um so Harper signed a thirteen year three hundred thirty million dollar deal. So that's gotta be more than that because he he turned down a two hundred and fifty million dollar deal. Okay, and then Mike Trout makes uh, four twenty six point five mil. It's around four hundred. It's not going to be four twenty five. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say probably. I see. I I was thinking more for Judge. Like, I mean, this year helped him out a lot. Like last year, I would have said three fifty probably would have worked. But this year, with his batting average going up, I think that helps his case. So, like, I think you're right closer to that four hundred. I mean, no, I I like him betting on himself. Like he's turned out to be the real winner here. Like. The Yankee, like the Yankees, are praising him like on the field, but then like as soon as the season ends and like free agency begins, like he's gonna go into the office with Brian Cashman and he's gonna have all the fucking leverage. Brian Cashman will have no leverage to do anything for. Yeah, and let's be honest, too, you guys lose Judge. I mean, I'm sure you guys would bring in someone else, but I think you guys now definitely don't win the AL East like you dominated this year. Yeah, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. As much as we've been dominating the division, we were I didn't even pick us to win the division. Remember, I had Toronto. Yeah, had, I think we both had Toronto, yeah. I had Toronto. Oh, I think I had the Rays, actually. I had Toronto winning the pennant. How about that? Yeah. Which could still be a possibility. Probably not gonna fucking happen. They're Probably bull- won't happen. Their bullpen is atrocious still. Yeah. The Toronto Arson Squad, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited. Like I said, Judge, Judge will get Judge will get 62. It's just a matter of when. He's still on pace to hit 65 home runs, I believe. So like that, that like he'll end up like 65, six home runs, I believe. Pull holes two home runs away. I don't give a fuck what they do. Have have position players throw them to him. I don't give a fuck. It's a home run is a home run. It's gonna fucking happen. <laughs> 
Like I, I, I me as a fan, I'll be devastated if Pujols is stuck on six ninety eight or worse. He gets one more and is stuck on six ninety nine. Be like, well, no, I was just gonna be like a Mike Madonna situation, but that was just his coach being an idiot with his games played. Yeah, exactly. Well, Pujols is also old too, so like I will say this though. And I've been saying this to like other people too. If the Yankees somehow like once the postseason comes, if the Yankees like don't get to the World Series, like don't get to the World Series, like I, I'm rooting for the Cardinals for Albert to win another uh, pennant, to win another ring. Like if the Yankees don't get to the World Series, like if the Yankees get eliminated before the Cardinals do, I'll pull for the Cardinals for Albert. Why not the Mets? It's another Fuck New York team. Fuck you. Never rooting for the Mets. Mate, the only- fucking A. It's, it's on their new fucking New York team. Root for them. No. I, no, I'm not rooting for the Mets. The Mets are... Albert like- has a World Series. Huh? Fuck them. I said Albert already has a World Series. Fuck them. I'm em. rooting for the Mets. What kind of Yankee fan would I be if I root for the Mets? I might as well put myself in jail. What year was it that the Cardinals won the World Series? Was it 12? 11. He won, he won two already. He won in 06 and then 2011. Yeah. But I want Albert. But but if the Yankees, like, like look who else, like who else, look who else will be in the postseason. I'm not gonna root for the AL Central. Fuck that. I'm not. I'm definitely not rooting for the Astros if the Yankees get knocked out. I don't out. think anyone's rooting for the Astros. Oh, speaking of the West, do you think the Mariners make playoffs or no? Yes, they're pretty much a lock at this point. They'd have to like lose every game. Well, how could they? But. Hang on, how many teams make the fucking playoffs out in baseball? This shit's still confusing me. I said earlier, like a couple minutes ago, it's six in each league. So one, two, three, four, five. Oh, yeah, I guess the Mariners will make it. Yeah, the Mariners are practically a lock for the playoffs. Because I was still thinking fucking five. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, the Mariners are practically a lock at this point. I mean, the only the only team that like is remotely close to a wild card spot is Baltimore and they're four and a half back. Oh, Milwaukee isn't even in a isn't even a playoff position. The Phillies are two games ahead. No, of the them. Phillies are two games ahead of them. Yeah, I didn't. I just realized that now. How are the How are the Diamondbacks not eliminated from postseason contention yet? They are eleven games under five hundred. Because if they, yeah, it's like if they they have to win out and Milwaukee has to can only win one or two more. Yeah, Arizona has to win out and Philadelphia ha- and the Phillies have to lose out. I, and Milwaukee has to win only like one or two. I know, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Like, is that the only reason, like, why Boston isn't, like, mathematically eliminated yet somehow? Like, they're not making the postseason. Yeah, it's because, yeah, because they could still statistically come and beat past Tampa. Fucking stupid. You're 72 and 76. You're done for. Your season is over. Um, uh, But, no, like, no, I mean, like, looking at the postseason there, like, I'm not, like, 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 I'm not rooting for the AL Central. I'm not going to root for Toronto. I'm not going to root for Seattle. I'm not rooting, definitely not rooting for the AL. Like, and again, this is only if the Yankees, like. Yeah, I, see, my rooting interest if the Mets get eliminated goes to the Blue Jays. Just because we lived in Buffalo. Yeah, so you're not going to root for the Yankees. If nah, the, fuck if... the Yankees. Exactly, so fuck, fuck you. The, no, fuck the Broncos. No, the Yankees are scumbags. Yankees fans are scumbags. 
Yeah, want me to root for the fucking Mets. Jesus Christ. I, I might as well put myself in jail, like I said. And then, like, when Scumbag I Scumbag look... fans, though, like the fucking Yankees are. <laughs> oh, God. Uh... Your guys' fans might be worse than the fucking Philly scumbags. Man, I, took have... that, I took that a little far. I'll take that back. I retract my statement. Destroy our city after winning a title. Speaking of Philly... Uh, switching back to football back for one second. The infrastructure would not be ready for a Bills. I've seen people tweeting about that on Monday night. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even think about that. Like how the two fan bases are like. The infrastructure would not be ready for that. There would be murders. There would be murders. There would be. No, no. The Northeast would like, no. I always joke about Buffalo burning to the ground. If Philadelphia, Philadelphia may actually burn to the ground. Like I, I kid you not. Like the entire Northeast will may cease to like physically infrastructurally exist like it may happen there would be fucking shit that like purge type shit uh, <laughs> uh but like chicago uh, huh like illinois is now illinois is a fucking lawless state i'm not going into that shit uh we you and i can have that conversation like later fuck <laughs> me. um uh but no like like and then i got the nl side like what maybe the braves Maybe. Why the fuck would you root for the Braves over the Mets? You, this is what I'm talking about, the Yankee scumbags. <laughs> Why would I root for the Mets? You're our rivals. Because I'm your friend. Not root, I don't. You're my friend. It doesn't mean I like the Mets. I, I hate them. You could do it for me. No. It's like you asking me to root for Liverpool all the time when United sucks. I'm not doing it. <laughs> not so doing we, it. We, we both support another club this year anyways. What? The United's in a title charge. An unofficial title charge. United's in a title charge. Hey, we we beat the league leaders. And we also beat you guys, so. Mate, you say you beat the league leaders. Tell the people who the league leader is. Arsenal. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but that's their only loss on the season so far. Uh, I can't believe that still. Uh, I can't believe it either, to be honest. Hey, they have a true <laughs> They have a true test next, uh, not this coming weekend. They have a true test to like next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Who they Arsenal? Play, uh, yeah, they play Tottenham. We also have a test actually too. We play Man City, so we're probably actually going to lose. Yeah, we, don't, we don't play again till October first. We play Brighton. Oh, which we're probably going to draw because we fucking suck. <laughs> All right, wait, are you playing at home or at Brighton? Um, that's a tis a great question, Jeremy. Tis a great question. We are why do I feel like you're on the south coast? Generally, have no idea. Let me take a look here. I can't tell. Like, the soccer is weird when it comes to that, and I don't know. Uh, it's home team is on the left. You, are... what if I'm looking at it from top bottom? You are home. Okay. So the team down the road from me is not playing at home. Damn it, they're away. I jokingly say that because I live in the town of Brighton in New York. So, like, Brighton I joke. Brighton and Hove Albion. Yeah, Brighton and Hove Albion, the Seagulls. Um, uh, but no, like, yeah, no, I'm actually kind of annoyed. Like, we, like, United haven't played since, but United haven't played. Like, they played a, they played a Europa League game. R.I.P. the Queen. All because shit. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. the Queen. All because <laughs> I sound like, like I don't understand it. Like 
uh, some games were able to happen this weekend. Other games were not. It is it is what it is at that point. Like I I, I understand it. It doesn't mean I have to like it. So like are the monarchy now fraud because the queen's dead? I say yes. The monarchy is <laughs> the monarchy have been fraud since Henry VIII split the church split split England from the Catholic Church. Yeah, yep. back, back, back to the thirteen hundred. <laughs> now we're just now we're just a political podcast. We're we're. we're <laughs> Our thoughts on the British. Thank party. God we're American. Uh, shit. I, 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 no, we're not turning into a political podcast. I will never do that. Um, <laughs> but the last thing I want to move into hockey. Well, not the president. Oh, okay. You said you didn't care about the president. Well, I thought we were going to talk about it. I was prepared for it. I don't care. Do you want to? Well, yeah, just go. Well, Nah, we don't. I just wanted to talk about one thing on golf. I had to, okay, we'll you, I had to ask you a question. Let's get into hockey first because we'll, training no, no. camp finally started today. No, no, we'll go. Well, hockey, I want hockey. I want hockey will be a little bit longer because I want to talk about how Sabres Fan Fest was. So, like, we'll, 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 we'll go into golf here. So, President's Cup this weekend, the American U.S. team is going up against a team of international uh, golfers comprised of players not from European countries. And not from Live Golf. And not from Live Golf. Personally, I I honestly do not care what happens. <laughs> golfers like their big names are Hideki Matsuyama and Sunjay M. Like even their biggest player, Cam Smith, he's in Live now, so like he can't participate. I I like it'll be over before Sunday, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I mean, you look at the names on the U.S. side compared, like like you said, they got Sunjay M and Hideki Matsuyama. Um, Miro Pereira is, I think he's a good golfer for the international side, but we also saw him blow up in a tournament this year. Adam Scott's just kind of like old and washed up. I forgot about him. <laughs> um, Siwoo Kim hasn't won anything big. Um, then you go to the U.S. side, it's like, well, Jesus Christ, boys, relax. I mean, you're sending over. Patrick Cantlay, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shotley, Tony Finnell, Cameron Young, Billy Horschel, Colin Orkala, Kisner, Jordan Spieth, and Max Homa. It's like, well, just well, take, one take, golfer easy, take it easy on the international team. I know one golfer on the U.S. side that's going to shit the bed in the President's Cup. Who? You already know where I'm going with that. I actually don't. No, Steve. I always, I'm, I, I always have high, I always have high hopes. For oh him. yes, okay, I got it. I got I have it. Hopes for him to do something, but then like he just shits the bed. But no, the thing is though is like they'll win no matter. They're we're going to win. We're going to win the Presidents Cup. It's just a matter of by like when and how much. Like at, at this point, um. Uh... Yeah, it's not going to be pretty for international side. No, just just do a PGA versus Live at this point. Honestly, I'd be here for it, considering Live is actually kind of stacking up their roster. Exactly, like it's just not a bunch of old people that like are looking to like retire. You actually have like the no- you have the number one and number two golf ranked golfers in the world participating in Live now. Right, wait, who's the number two? Wait, no. Well, Sam Smith's number one. Who's number two? Actually, I don't know. I thought I saw something. So I thought I saw something about somebody saying that Dustin Johnson was number two, but I don't think that's actually true. 
Maybe back in like 2020. Yeah, maybe. So I'm going to look up the official world golf rank. Oh, wait. Scotty Scheffler's number one. Rory's two. Cameron Smith is three. Cantley's four. No, they only got Liv only has one in the top 10. And Liv only has one in the top 10. Okay, so maybe a former number one in the current. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But I mean, they're stacking up names and I respect it. No, I do respect it. I mean, you have been team Liv the whole time. Oh, I have been team Liv the whole time. Let's be honest. Like, who the. Me and you only really watch golf on Sundays when we have nothing going on and then the majors. Exactly. I mean, my thought process is, is that I have yet to watch another lifting because, like, I don't, like, have – I'm just lazy to put it on YouTube. That's why. Oh, oh, I'm the same way. Like, I have not watched a live event since lifts. Well, I watched the first one, but after that I have not. But I haven't watched any golf since the Open. No, I haven't either. I, I have and not. That was with you. Like, I was with you, and we watched the Open <laughs> together. We watched the Open together, exactly. I have not watched golf all that much either, honestly. I mean. Did you see uh, Bryson DeChambeau get wrecked by the rope this past week? I did see that. That was pretty funny. He is. Oh, God. I was I was coming around on DeChambeau finally, and then I saw that video. I'm like, this is why I hated you. Like, you had to- I respected you for a little bit, and now it's just all gone again. And now you're an idiot again, exactly. But no, so my question for you on golf was because let's be honest, like I, not gonna lie, don't really care about the Presidents Cup. It's not the Ryder Cup; it doesn't have that pull like that. I watched the last Presidents Cup because Tiger was a part of it, but I don't care now. No, I, I don't. Liv has pulled my interest away from the PGA so much. And it's like with how the PGA like reacted, like the players that are still on the PGA, it's like how they reacted to it. It's like, I don't, I could care less about them now. Like I used to love like JT so much. I still like him, but how he reacted to it now, like, I'm like, I, I saw yeah. two colors. I'm like, I never do a PGA versus live type of thing. It's like, who gives a fuck? Just like, you know, like it would be a ratings bonanza. Like just fucking do it. Golf is golf. Right. My question to you was though, um, at the end of October, October 27, since I'm not going to the F1 race anymore, um, October 27th to the 30th, Miami is hosting a live golf event at, uh, the Trump national course out of Miami. Do I, oh, I, do I buy I, tickets? I would have to pass on that, my guy. No, I said, do I buy tickets? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you buy? Yeah, no, go buy tickets. Have a good time. You're already going down to Miami for the Bills game. Just see how- guess what? It's only $25 for the weekend. Fuck, buy me tickets. You're going to fly down? <laughs> Probably not. That's that, that. That's what I thought you were asking me initially. That's why I said I'm going to. No, have- no, no. Fly into Orlando. I could pick you up. We could drive down to Miami together. <laughs> I I have to legitimately pass on that. That's all right. No, I was just curious because I kind of want to see it. Yeah, no, go do it. Honestly, twenty five bucks, shit. I mean, like, I I mean, honestly, like, I was thinking about like I told you how I I registered to see tickets for the PGA Championship here in Oak Hill in twenty twenty three, but like I wasn't spending more than I wasn't spending like seventy five. Like Thursday and Friday was not bad. It was like seventy five dollars. But then Saturday and Sunday was like $200 plus. And I thought to myself, all right, based on how Liv is going with and with the majors and everything, 
Like, is it going to be worth it to see a major championship? The lesser of all the majors by by chance here, too. Like, and also, like, with the weather in Rochester, like, you don't know, like, what it's going to be. Like, I realize it's not worth it to, like, actually, like, waste money on that. Like, if it turns out that, like, the live players can't participate in the PGA Championship, like, it's not worth it alone. And then on top of it, if it turns out that, like, the weather's going to be shitty, like, I'm not, like, a fucking meteorologist and or a fortune teller, obviously. But, like, it, 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 with those factors, like, it's, like, it's not worth it to me, honestly. Like, I, I like, if Liv was close by, knowing that, it, for me, if Liv was close to me, knowing that tickets are so cheap, oh, I'd go see a Liv. I'd go see a Liv tournament. I yeah. would. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I just that, that was my question for you. Yeah, no, go do it. Twenty five bucks, why not? Take the take take go take take the weekend. Take the weekend. I might do that. I might just do that. So my thing is just because I'm going down. I leave Friday for Miami. Cause I'm going down for the Bills game. So it's like, uh, do I try to get another weekend off of work? Because considering I have to work Sundays. Yeah, I mean, you can try. Like, I mean, see what happens there. I mean. Like if, <laughs> I mean, if you actually like asked me like to go, like literally asked, like not like not this jokingly asked me, like if you legitimately asked me about that there for live, like to go down to Miami, I would actually legitimately have to pass because I'm going to be down. I'm going to be going to Philly again for the Premier League Fan Fest like that one Sunday. Yeah. Six- um, uh, so like. And then I got to be back for, and then I got to be back on Monday. So like, that's another weekend, like right there. And that's, <laughs> and that's probably the last weekend that like, I am going to actually like legitimately do anything until the holidays. Um, uh, but no, the last thing I want to go into before we the podcast here is hockey. Training camp started, has started today. The Sabres reported the training camp, um, over the weekend, uh, over the weekend, I, I know many teams like have like a prospects challenge. The Sabres have been doing it for years now. Um, over the weekend, I had the pleasure. Uh, I just, you know, decided to take pleasure and liberty of driving the hour plus drive out to Buffalo. They had a fan. They had a fan fest to kick off the season. Um, they had the retired banners out in the atrium, out in the atrium, like the blue zone atrium. Like if you ever, if you've ever been in KeyBank Center, like where they're the opening atrium is known as the is known as the blue zone. They had the retired banners out there. They had a garage sale for uh, game you like game you stuff, old t-shirts. They gave away a bunch of they gave away a bunch of free stuff as well. Um, they had uh, they had autograph sign. They had autograph sessions of current players and alumni. Um, they had an out. They had they had interactive activities like. Uh, Marty's like Marty's goalie challenge. Marty Baran, he like former. For those who that don't know, Sabers former Sabers goaltender, fan huge fan favorite too. Uh, not just for the Sabers, like when he played for them, but also with his uh, hockey coverage on them. Sabers have as well. Uh, they had um, Olafson's accuracy challenge, uh, which is like trying to see how accurate of a shot you are with a and of a shot you are and then they had Tage's Tage's hardest shot as well there. I actually did Tage's hardest shot a couple of times like once uh, and ironically like Tage Thompson actually was helping out a little bit like Did you do good? Hmm? So did you do good in it? 
Oh no, um, uh, I my I I had three. I did three try. I you got three tries. My first one was like thirty seven. The second one was like forty two, and then I kind of just like let one rip, and it was like fifty one after that. So like not great, but uh, for my standards, not terrible either. And ironically, I uh, I don't think I told you this there, but like Tage Tom, like I was in the middle of saying that. Paige Thompson was like actually like working the station like for a little bit there. And he just happened to be doing it. Like when I, like when I, when I tried, like when I was trying that interactive activity out there, but um, uh, no, I thoroughly enjoyed fan. I thoroughly enjoyed fan fest for the most part. I, I got there like when it, for, I literally got there like when it started at 11 AM um, everything kind of opened up in the inside a little bit there. So I had to wait a little bit. Um, well, I, I, I talked to you about this and you emphatically told me that you fucking hate me because of who I got pictures with and who I got my hat signed by and everything there. So like for, for, so you're going to hate me again, but like, I, I got to, I, I got to meet, I got to meet, um, uh, Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestad, uh, Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, uh, head coach Don Granado. Uh, head coach Don Granado, general manager Kevin Adams, uh, Marty Baron and Brian, uh, Marty Baron, um, and I got my hat signed by, like I got my hat signed by mo- by them, and then also some alumni as well. Um, I also got to have my hat signed by Lawrence Pilot, uh, JJ Paterka, and then Kale Clegg, who I completely forgot that the that they signed over from Montreal. Um, uh, cause like I, I was taught like they had like the autograph sessions and everything, like every like 45 minutes or whatever. I'm actually like, when I was like, when I was talking to Cal Clegg though, he's young too, right? He's like our age. He's young. He's like our age. So like, I got some like small stories here about like interacting with the players and everything. Cal Clegg, when I was talking to him. I feel like he lagged out. Like, you know, like how a video game like lags out for a minute. Yeah, I feel like he, he lagged out for a little bit because I asked him like what he thought of like the new digs and like how, what he thought about Buffalo. And he kind of just was like, well, uh, you know, like and he like he kind of just like zoned, like lagged there for a minute. And then finally it was like, oh, like I love I, uh, he's like, oh, like, you know, like not like not everything. Everything's going well so far. And I'm like, oh, OK, like, wow, definitely like weird. That, that was a little weird there. Um, you, speaking of him, do you think he's going to be. An AHL at first, or do you think he has a shot to make the roster? Because I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted to talk about that as well after you're done with the fan fest because I, of our th- of our team exactly. I think he'll be, I think he'll definitely be spending some time in Rochester this season for sure. I, I, he has most of his has been the year of league what four years. Spent most of his time with the Kings. I know that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, my thought process there is like, we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm not going to lie. It felt weird asking, like, like, it felt weird. Like, like Paterka, like getting an autograph from him felt weird because he's like around our age too. And then Peyton Krebs, like when I asked him for his autograph and for a picture, like I definitely felt weird about it because like, yes, he's a, yes, he's a player in the national hockey league, but like the dude is only 21. He's three, three and a half years younger than me. And I'm like, I'm 24. Like, (laughs) I, I'm asking a kid for his autograph. Like it felt a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. 
He is actually the one I want my my uh the third jersey from. I want a Krebs jersey. I'm probably going to go with Krebs or Tuck, obviously, there. Or but Quinn, because I think Quinn has a really good shot of making a roster. This Quinn year. is going to make the roster, in my honest opinion, because they have been talking about, like, the like. Well, the problem I, is, though, you have, to, you have to pick between Quinn or Paterka, I feel. I think it's going to be Quinn more than Paterka, honestly. Um, uh, because they, like, early, like, Calder, like, early Calder odds, like, they had, like, Quinn, like, they had Quinn like somewhat favorable for early Calder, early Calder odds. Not Calder Tro, yeah, Calder is the rookie, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm glad. Good. Yeah, you got McTavish, Power, Bernier, Perfetti. Yeah, here's yeah. Um, and then Jack Quinn is plus sixteen hundred, whereas Power is pl- Power McTavish are the highest at plus four hundred. Bernier is 550, and then you got two guys, Perfetti and Johnson at 1200, and then uh, Quinn's at 1600 with a couple guys. Yeah, that's not terrible, though. So they think like there's a good chance like he'll be on the roster. Though. Yeah, and then JJ Paterka's plus 5000. Yeah, so they the odds makers think that uh, the odds makers are like more in favor of Quinn being on the well, roster. I would, I would love a, like a line of Quinn and Paterka in the NHL to see what they can do, especially like seeing kind of what they did. Not that I was able to watch many Rochester games last year, but like, highly, they, like how how they were talked about because like clearly you and I kind of have the same social media, so we see the stuff about Rochester as well. And I three of their playoff games, and they actually looked looked fantastic together. So yeah, yeah. And then what are the odds? Did you get the chance to see any of the prospects challenge? Uh, no, I, I, I told. Remember, I told you I was considering going to the game on. No, Saturday. yeah, I didn't know if you saw it online or anything. No, I, I was seeing highlights from the charging buff. Maddie Savoy had Maddie Savoy looked really good though, from what I was seeing on from on highlights though. Yes, and because of it, I think he'll be up for his what they get nine games, and then he has to decide whether he's going to stay in Buffalo or go back to juniors. I think he has a really good shot at making this roster. Man, he will. He probably will make the roster. I mean, my thing is here is like I actually like want to go to the. I'm thinking about going to the Amherst home opener just to see like who's on the opening opening day roster for them. Yeah. Just like what prospects Buffalo is going to have out here for the season. Because of yeah. Because the thing is though is like when I go to Amherst games, like I'm not watching the Rochester Americans. I mean, I am because that's what I bought a ticket for. But I'm watching the I'm watching the prospects that the Sabers have that have a good fucking chance to like make the actual team in a year or two. Oh, a hundred percent agree, and th- that's the case. Like I, as much as he should go back, I would love to see Maddie Savoy. I know he's only eighteen years old, but I would love to see him in a Sabers uniform. I mean, I would too. I, I also would... like how they have treated because what Quinn was drafted two years ago, and he spent he's three three years ago. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Time and Paterka for... is where no Paterka was last year. No, Paterka was two years ago. Paterka was two years ago. Quinn was and Quinn was three years ago then. No, yeah. Quinn and Paterka no. were the same draft. 
So twenty, yeah. So they were taken in the same draft. So it was two years, two years ago then. No, it was last year was power. No, it was Paterka. Then it was Quinn. Then it's power. Oh wait, so let's see. So power was twenty one. Quinn and Paterka were both the twenty draft. I thought Paterka was nineteen and Quinn was twenty. Nope, because 19 was Cousins and Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, 19. And then Eric Portillo, who we should see probably never. We're probably never going to see Eric Portillo. Unfortunately, there's no spot on the roster for him, especially with us having um, what's-his-face from Northeastern. Oh, uh, Devin Levi. Devin Levi, thank you. I was going to say we signed Eric Comrie, too. Yeah, so that's why I don't. I'm excited about this year for the Sabres and oh, especially hey. they're over under on the season, like for betting odds for wins, I think it's 79.5 or 78.5. I'll take the over on that. I think you have to take because honestly, anything under that's a bad season. I think for the Sabres, honestly, anything under 85 points is honestly, no, I'm going to set it even further. I think anything under 90 points for the Sabres team is a disappointment. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm also still like, I'm also still thinking that I've, th- I'm also still thinking that like, if, if I, if everything goes well for them, like, and not like with how they start the season, because they can they start off last season. Great. But like, if they can build on momentum in the middle of the season, like, and you know, if every, and if certain things go their way, because like the national hockey league, anything can happen when you think about it. Like, I, I still think there's a small chance to make playoffs this season, upcoming season. I firmly believe that I think I firmly believe that I that they could potentially get to the playoffs if not this season then next season. People are saying like people uh, people are still saying no no that's like three years down the road. No, it's not that's not the case. You get to the playoffs either this season and if not in this season then next season. And you and, know we're moving in a good direction as well, considering our GM just got a contract extension. I met that guy. Kevin Ad, yeah, Kevin Adams got a contract extension today, so I think things are moving in the right direction for the Sabres. Things are finally moving in the right direction for that. You know, you know, Kevin Adams, nice guy. I mean, him and Granado, nice guys. Like, I actually got to talk to them for a couple minutes, like, when they were signing my hat and I got my picture with them. I just, like, just basic stuff, you know, telling them, like, telling Granado, like, oh, I'm excited for the season, like – uh you know, I you know thought he was think you think he's been doing a great job as a head coach. Like looking forward to what's been coming, and then Adams the same thing. Like looking forward to the season. Like I told, like you know, thinking that him and uh, him front office have been making all the right moves. Uh, got like you know a lot of hope for the future there, and like both of them very nice and like you know, you know, cor- very nice cordial. Like you know, thank you, thank you, we appreciate that and everything there. So that was you know good to get, you know. That's why I liked going to FanFest, like just interacting with some of the players. I mean, um, I'm actually mad. I missed Darlene. That's sad. I was taking a I, I, I was taking a break from everything because like a lot of this stuff was like happening on the stage, like outside, like questions and like questions and like competitions and everything like small, like small things here and there. So like, that's how I got a lot of the picture. That's like how I got most of the pic, like almost all of the pictures um uh with everybody uh so like i went back into the arena for like a couple for a few minutes there and then like i come back outside and i see darlene signing autographs i'm like oh fuck but it's all good there i mean i'm not the lines long for autographs so the thing is there is like it's weird here like outside like 
like for autographs and pictures, like they were up on the stage, like outside, like either talking with Brian Duff, like doing like an interview or like in inter- with with Tuck and Krebs, at least like they were doing like comp, they were doing like small games against like a, a couple fans here and there. And then like everybody kind of just like rushed up to the stage and try to get like a picture or something signed. Oh, okay. there. But then like with the autograph lines, like on the inside, actually, like it was weird because like they didn't say like who was going to be at each table. So like you're waiting in line for like somebody to show up. And you don't know who's going to be there until, like, that th- those group of people showed up there. So, like, when I got into my line for, like, the autographs there, like I told you, like, it was Lawrence Pilot, Cal Clegg, and J.J. Paterka. That was the only true, like, line of autographs that I was in for. Because, like, I, like I'm, like, I'm not going to wait in line and, like, try to find out, like, who's going to be where. Like, that's not, that's pointless. And then I also found out that, like, a lot of, like, the, pro- like, AHLers and, like, prospects were at the tables, too. So it's like, all right, do I really want to like wait for somebody like that I can see in Rochester like in two months? Yeah. Um. Uh, but no. Um. Uh, nah. The alumni. The alumni table. Like I got. I got. Um. Uh, I got. I got autographs from. Uh, my. Um. My dad. Like Don Luce was at the first table. Like of alumni. Uh. Players and uh, alum. Like Sabres alumni. Like that's a player my dad grew up watching. 70s um uh, and then i told you about and then i told you about i told you about rob ray like i I, like i saw him at the table and he's and and i I walk up and i'm like i'm just talking with them and first thing he says to me is like what can i get for what can i do for you buddy how you doing today buddy he just kept calling me buddy the entire time yeah yeah he was making you his bitch (laughs) very fucking funny uh i'm not gonna lie it felt a little weird him just calling me buddy the entire time i'm not gonna lie but uh not like you know not again not a bad guy overall because like i told him like you know growing up like you know seeing him play like you know all the tight domi fights and everything and you know just talking about how we like you know listening to his analysis on tv like i would like like you know had a small conversation with him there um uh but no, FanFest was a good time. If you were if you were still up here, I definitely was asking you to go with me. I would have went with you. Like I said, I was jealous of all the pictures you were sending me. <laughs> yeah, I know. You kept telling me you fucking hate me. <laughs> you probably I did. You probably fucking hate me for talking about it now. No, I, I enjoy. I enjoy. Like I like hearing like what you got to do because, like you said, like when I went at this past weekend, I was at the. Um, the Orlando city soccer game. And they had like, kind of like, I went down there for the game. They played Toronto FC and they had like an interactive, like fan, like, like fan, like stuff, like out in like a tailgate type of thing. And I told you, like I did the Heineken shots, like where you could uh, not, not shots, but like I was shooting a soccer ball, trying to get it through like a little star, like the Heineken stars. And I miss, I went over two. Yeah. You um, for the top because mama ain't raised no bitch. I, I tried, yes, I tried rifling it because my pride would not let me just pass it in the bottom hole where an old lady after me got it. Um, <laughs> I did get, I did get a nice Heineken bottle opener. Um, and then, like I told you, I got you and Zach a free shirt at the game because they were giving them out when you walked in. So I went up and grabbed. I got two when I walked in. Then I went up and grabbed one more. You want a small? Uh, I got a. I I I I. I 
And then I spent some money on Orlando yeah, City gear. Yeah, there, like, actually is pretty nice. But, like, you know that I have the Orlando City jersey from, like, 2016 still in my closet. Yeah. I, I went down to Disney. I'll tell you what, though. For an MLS, for an MLS, like, stadium, like, the atmosphere was really, really good. Honestly, like. So I, even though they kept singing the same songs over and over again, I wanted to blow my head off. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that's just Americans. That's America, yeah, it's. But um, uh, no, I I told you this. Like I'm at, like when I like it's I am gonna plan on coming down next year, like in the spring. Like I will make my trip, like planning on like when the Orlando Magic I have a home game. Yeah, because like, we could go up there. It's like a fifty minute ride from me, and um, if we wanted to, we could either like spend the night clearly in Orlando, like go down there during the day. Uh, uh Leah and I, we were down there and like. Spent the day and they watched college football at some of the bars because it was like pouring throughout the day. So we were unfortunately stuck inside. Mm-hmm. So we went to a couple bars and watched like in downtown Orlando and watched college football. And then we went over, it cleared up and stuff. So we went to like the fan fest and stuff. That went into the game. It was beautiful out and great stadium, great atmosphere. And we got to see what a 3 1 game. No. Or no. Or nil. Or nil game. Yeah, because you were talking to me about that uh, Facundo Torres guy, number 70, 17, right? Yes, number 17. Um, looked unreal. He could definitely play in a low city, like a low-tier Premier League club or like a team in the championship fighting for promotion. Oh, I, I was that impressed with him. I, I can see Chris. I can see maybe Crystal Palace, maybe. Him and Wilfred Zaha running down. Yeah, every, every time he got the ball, like – it, it was obvious he was, like, a class above everyone in the MLS, like, just with his ball control, like, what he could do with the ball. How, what impressed me his most was his pace. He was very, very fast. Uh, like I said, he, he scored the first goal of the game, and it was an absolute screamer. Yeah, I know. I saw the highlight of that. That was, like, in the eighth minute there. And it... Yeah, and he was shooting at my end as well, so I got to see it. It was very fun. And tell you what, nice seats as well. Yeah, well, you told me that your tickets were only 25 bucks. Yeah, they were – I paid for – after tax and everything, I think it was $43 for the two tickets. Jesus Christ. That's actually impressive. Yeah, because, like, like mine was – like well, I guess towards the end of the season, and they're kind of, like, mid-table in the Eastern Conference, and Toronto is, I think, last in the Eastern Conference. Like, second to last, yeah, because even though they have Insignia and Bernadeschi, they didn't come until July, so, like – they but could. they, I think that like being that close to an MLS team will definitely get me into the MLS some more because I'll be able to go watch their games. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, my thought, my joking thought, my joking about this is like kind of like when I went down to Philly, like I enjoyed the atmosphere a lot. Like it was a lot of fun. Like, like the supporters section was like all like all game like was amazing. Like they kind of became like my de facto. The Union be kind of became my de facto team. Yeah. So, following them more i've been following them more and more like as the season has gone on like they're top in the league right now so like you're gonna call me a bandwagon fan you can call me a bandwagon fan for because they're no, top- was, this is my third mls game i went to and like i went to a toronto game before up in toronto and i like i enjoyed it um i went to columbus and i absolutely loved that as well but this orlando one seemed like i don't know if it was like it was like different to me like this atmosphere to it like yeah. I said, like down here though, like we do have like a big Hispanic 
like community and stuff. So there was a lot of that at the game as well. And you know how much they love soccer. So yeah. I think that definitely helped it. Definitely. Yeah. The Hispanic community definitely loves their soccer. So like they'll pull their on, they'll pull their support towards like the local teams and everything, which is amazing because like, let's be honest here, like the typical American, like doesn't give a shit, but like being down in Florida with the Hispanic community, like they, they just pour their love and support into like soccer altogether um uh and that's like why orlando that's like why orlando's like actually like a good soccer city in general like when you think about it i mean orlando has hosted some games for the u.s men's national team um i mean it also helps the climate that orlando's in too but um, yeah unfortunately they don't have any of the world cup games they're going to miami when they're down in florida but so i will be taking a drive down to those once they come I don't even care who's playing. I will go watch any World Cup game just to say I was at a World Cup game. Fair enough. That would be me. That will be me too. That will be me as well. But no, um, uh, no. I mean, my last thing I want to say is like you being at the. I mean, like I said this. I'm gonna be going back down to Philly. Like, I'm gonna be going back down to Philly. Like in a like a few weeks, uh, the Premier League is having their fan fest there. So like get to see like what all that's about finally i mean i was i was supposed to go i originally was supposed to go in 2020 but then we all know what happened so now i finally can go back down i can finally go down to philly again and like experience the fan fest there um i'm going to be going sunday united are going to be playing at home to newcastle and then well We'll be watching Liverpool and, and, and NBC like thinks that Liverpool versus Man City is going to be like a better game than like what the standings say it is. So that's like why they're going to be there. Um, uh, but we'll see what happens there. I'm just looking forward to seeing like what the atmosphere is like. And also the Premier League trophy is going to be there. So like I hope to like get a picture with that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. But speaking of 2020, hmm. COVID's officially over. We beat it, people. Yeah, Joe Biden. It's officially done. Yeah, Joe Biden says it's over. It was done for me about two months in, but it's done. It's done now. We're good. We beat it, people. Congratulations to everyone. Yeah, congratulations, everyone. Yeah, Joe Biden says the COVID pandemic is over. Let's go. We did it, people. We did did it. it. Ladies and gentlemen. Everyone give yourself a round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen. We got it. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Speaking of all COVID. (laughs) All, all joking aside there with COVID and everything, Canada's finally lifting the border vaccine requirements. So, like, if the Blue Jays make the postseason, like, anybody that will go up to Toronto and is not vaccinated, they'll be able to play against the Blue Jays. So, that's definitely – so, it's about time that actually happens there. Will Kyrie be able to play in every home, or every home game now next year? Kyrie already was able to. It's just a matter of whether or not he actually chooses to. <laughs> I, really oh, I do not miss the NBA. I'm so happy that's over. Uh, it's almost coming back, but I'm not. I I, I could care less. I honestly we're gonna care. give we're gonna give it the good old talk about when playoffs comes around on the podcast. Well, well, uh, well. I'll, <laughs> I'll make a pre- I'll make a prediction here and there before the season starts. Uh, the Knicks will suck again. That's a bold take right there, Cotton. <laughs> it's a bold spread <laughs> there. Let's see how it pays off. Let's see how it pays off. The Nets and the Lakers will be the media's darlings. Well, when aren't they? 
Yeah, this is very true. That's a bold take there, too, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off. Um, uh, but no, other than Saying that, ESPN is going to talk about the Cowboys every week, or is going to talk about the Cowboys every week. It's a bold strategy there. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. No, uh, no, they're good. No, the Cowboys, no, we all, we, we know what they do. Um, uh, but other, I have nothing else. I really don't. We have covered everything that I've that I think we have wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, I just want to apologize to the listeners for last week. Uh, we didn't have to put a podcast out for after week one of the NFL. That was the one hundred percent on me. Um, yeah, you got sick. I'm I, still in Orlando. <laughs> yep, and so I'd like to apologize for that. But throughout the NFL season, we will be probably doing podcasts. I think Wednesdays have really, I think, worked best for us. Wednesdays are the best weeks. So that way we can get everything going on there. And then we get to talk about Thursday. Oh, we did miss one thing you want to talk about. What is that? Uh, back to the NFL. We wanted to get back to our five games we like to pick for the betting. Let's do three games this week because most of the games look like shit. And then, like, next week we'll start with five again. All right. I'm good with that. So, all right. Pick your three games. Pick, this right. is your that you did last year. Pick your three games uh, and yep, then, yep, yep. This is I like to take this over. So uh, this week, just let me pull my ESPN real fast because I had to close that. And um, but no. So yeah, last year you guys remember we did five games last year. This week we're only doing three because we're running a little long, and we completely forgot about it until now. Um, and considering for you guys now living in New York, betting is legal and it's not for me, which sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's lucky. I do have. I have a couple, so it's all right. Um, so <laughs> I want to start off with the – I'm going to pick just probably the three best games in my opinion um, where I think – so first we're going to go to the Bills-Dolphins game. Um, right now we're looking at the Bills are minus six on the spread. The over-under is 52. I think I like the Bills minus six. I'm taking the bill. Uh, I'm taking the Bills minus six, and I'm hammering. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm taking the Bills minus six, but I'm hammering the over. Um. Yes. Yeah, so I will agree with you because the Bills game this season has not hit an over yet. We're bound for one. I like the Bills at the minus six spread and the over. Uh, the Bills have covered so far both games this season. Me and Jeremy clearly on this podcast have talked about the Dolphins are a question mark for us. So I take say take the minus six and the over for this game, Jeremy. I'm in agreement with you. Yep. All right. I'm perfectly. Yeah. That's my opinion there. Again, uh, we are not. Again, like to, you know, bet at your own risk. Gamble at your own risk. Listen to our advice at your own risk. Don't blame us if you decide to bet the house and like all of a sudden repo men are coming on Monday morning. Yeah, that that is not coming back on us. That is your fault if that happens to you. All right. So the second game. Uh, that I think is probably uh, actually kind of a good game this week. The Rams, the one-on-one Rams are going to Arizona to play the one-on-one Cardinals. Uh, the Rams are a three-and-a-half favorite right now, even though they're going to Arizona, and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. I like the Cardinals here. I think the Cardinals are going to win straight up this game. I don't know really if the Rams are still like off the Super Bowl high or whatever it is. They're definitely not as dominant as they were last year. I mean, we saw them. Falcons, so I'm taking the Cardinals in this game, too. All right, perfect. And the over-under, like I said, is at 48 and a half. I am probably going to take the over in this game as well. I've seen what Kyler Murray did last week in the comeback against 
Oakland. Um, Jared Vegas. Goff, you know, and Cooper Cup can always link up for at least one to two touchdowns. Uh, the, 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 the first the timeout, 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 timeout. Two things here. The Raiders play in Vegas, and Jared Goff is on the Lions. What did I say? Oh, I you, said Oakland, didn't I? And you said Jared Goff. Oh, my, yeah. It's people. It is late. We it's it's it's, it's midnight right now. We are recording it's at practically, and... practically midnight now. But yeah, no, I I I just wanted to point that out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can tell us in this podcast. All right, Matt Stafford, excuse me, and Cooper Cup can link up for at least two touchdowns. I like the over in this game as well. I know uh, that's um, probably a little touchable because that over under for this game last year would have been a lot higher. Um, but I like the over in this game. Gonna take the under in this game, but I'm gonna take the Cardinals straight up. All right, so we are. I'm gonna keep track of these as well because at the end of the year, I'm gonna give mine and Jeremy stats for betting. I just don't see the game getting like I just can't see the game being like an over game, like this game being an over game. I mean, like yeah, Kyler Murray knows like when to take a game over, but the thing is though is like the like we like yeah okay the Rams put up 31 points, but played the Falcons. Okay, like, and then the Cardinals, like, are a huge question mark, too. I don't care that they came back and beat the Raiders there. Like, 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 these two, like, they're both question marks, in my opinion. So that's why I'm taking the under. Like, it could either be like, it, I see this more of a defensive game. Okay. The- All right. And then my third game, I am going to Monday night for you with your Giants. They- Let's go. I was going to say, if you didn't go to Monday night, you were adding nope. a four. I- but- Nope, I am going to your game. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are traveling up to uh, uh, New Jersey to play the New Jersey Giants. <laughs> <laughs> New York football Giants, baby. Uh, and the Giants are a minus one favorite for this game. I will take the Giants. And th- that's that over-under is so low at 39. I think you just had to take the over because, like, it's so low. I I don't care that it's Daniel Jones against Cooper Rush. 39 is very low, so I have to take the over on this game as well. Oh, no. The, uh, no, no, no. Like, this isn't going to be a defensive game. Like, it's this isn't going to be a defensive game. I mean, like, you, the Cowboys defense led by Micah Parsons, obviously, like, a world beater, like, helps there. But the thing is there is, like – I mean, Giants defense isn't that bad either, but, like, I actually, I think, like, you know what, actually, no, I'm going to retract my statement. I'm taking the under in this game. Like, and it's going to be, like, a close under. Like, it's going to be, like, it's going to be a close under. All right. it's gonna be like one. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like a seven twenty to twenty to seventeen type scoreline there. Just on just getting under the under there. But I'm taking the Giants there too. Giants and the under. All right, they're locked in. Yeah, I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the under. I mean, the thing is, there is like I feel like it's gonna be like a defensive turnover type of game uh, for them for both the Cowboys and Giants. Like probably like have one turnover at least each. Uh, and I kind of think based on how the Giants have been playing, like their offense like can score points, but like it's been more three than seven. So like it's gonna come down to it's gonna come down to uh whether or not it's gonna come down to like Graham it's pretty much gonna come down to Graham Gano and Brett Mayer. Perfect. I have those locked in for us. 
um, have those in my notes app on my phone. I'm going to keep track of our record throughout the season. And I think we should do like a little punishment for the person who has the worst record out, out of the betting. We should, we had a punishment. We had a punishment there uh, for the Stanley cup. Uh, Don't worry. I had, I finally found a tattoo artist. Don't worry. He's booked oh. till January. I have it booked. I was oh. going to, I wasn't going to tell you until I got, I was going to send a picture to you, but I have it booked. Okay, you have it booked. Okay, I found a tattoo artist down here in January. I have it booked. Don't, don't. I didn't forget about it. Don't worry. I was gonna save it and send it to you so you could be excited and see it. But <laughs> yeah, just see the little. I, it's just very depressing for me that I had to get that, but it's fine. It's I am fine. a man of my word. Yeah, no, we'll do. We'll figure out a little punishment. We'll talk about that like later. We'll talk about that like off. Off, off the pods, and then like when we got one decided, I think we should let the vote. Like we should talk about like, a couple like options on the pod, and then let put it up on the vote on the Twitter that we use so much. <laughs> Don't use it all. <laughs> loser has to enlist in the army. No, I think a loser should have to do read a book. Like you have two weeks to do it. Read a book and do a, like a two thousand word book report on it. Get the fuck out of here! This is an English class. Why? That would be fun. I think. Yeah, until you're the one that has to do it, then I would pick the book that you have to read. Well, the, my thing is, like, it has to be like an interesting book that we would enjoy, but you still have to do the book report and you can't IMDb it. Or you can't, um, not IMDb. Uh, what's what, what was it that you used to cheat in high school? Quick book book. reports. Books, uh, fuck, you know what I'm talking QuickBooks is the fucking, uh, yes. No, it was not QuickBooks. Yeah, that's the payroll shit. Yeah. Um, Quick notes. Quick notes. Yes, thank you. Smart notes. Smart notes. Spark notes. Yes, there Spark, it is. There, Spark, there, there she yeah. goes. But yeah, we should do that. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty funny. So I, I still like loser and listen to the army. <laughs> That's four years of your life. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I'd be I'd be down for that. My girlfriend. My girlfriend might not. My girlfriend might not like that, but it's fine. Loser enlist in the army. Oh God! No. Yeah. Imagine if one. Yeah, imagine us. One of us losing. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. I can't talk to you right now. I've got basic training down in South Carolina. Oh God. What? Or loser has to uh, admit to a cold case. <laughs> admit to a cold case. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty years of our lives. Well, maybe more. Someone have to ring Pice God as a as the co-host of the podcast. Okay, so that's punishment for both of us. <laughs> yeah, Pice God just took a shot for no reason. That's <laughs> punishment for. Nah, I love you, Pice. I love you, Pice. Uh... I hope you're doing well. Um, uh... right, sorry for. I just want to apologize for people. Sorry for the late picks here. Uh, Jeremy and I, we had talked about it to do it this week, and we both clearly completely forgot about it. But I and... want to get that out because I wanted you guys to. Nor and puts on the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, we'll figure seriously, we'll talk about punishment and then like once we actually get I actually will Google some punishments because I do want to say this. There in my fantasy football this literally last thing I say. In my fantasy football league, there's still somebody that has to do a punishment. And uh my corrupt commissioner has not been enforcing that at all. You guys should have kicked that person out of the league. <laughs> Should, should kick the corrupt commission. That, that, that's my thing. Like, if you don't do a punishment in fantasy football league, like, you should not be allowed in the league the next year. Uh, I don't think. I don't think my corrupt commission would do that. That would be kicking his own brother out of the league. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs>
pretty much. Yeah, yeah, Brad, get on your punishment. Um, uh, but no, that's it there. Uh, it's almost midnight. Uh, that concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. We will be back next week. Uh, recap of week three, preview of week four. We'll give an update on, well, baseball regular season will be pretty much coming to an end. Give an update on Judge and pool holes. We'll have some Sabres preseason games already in, but when we record next as well. Hockey preseason, yes, exactly. Regular season will be on us and be in the middle of next month. Um, but until then, everybody, just keep on keeping on.